Oh, do we have a show for you guys tonight on this Thanksgiving Eve? We've got WWE Survivor Series. We've got WWE Raw, which is the fallout from Survivor Series. AEW Dynamite. G4 signing Xavier Woods. Braun Strowman indefinitely suspended. All that and more coming up. He is smart. I am Boxman. We are your Dirt Sheet Dudes. Let's get it going.
Michael Bieber. Ask yourself, is there Christmas or, a th- I'm sorry, Thanksgiving metal music out there? There is. There is. This is one of them here. This is, uh, the band name here is Psycho Stick. They're doing a Slipknot uh, parody here, but good song. Good little band. I've actually, uh, this isn't the first song I've heard of theirs. Check them out on YouTube. Uh, definitely want to do that. Psycho Stick, one more time. Uh, good little, like I said, nice little, nice little song there. What is up, Smark? Ooh, what's going on? I'm excited. We're going into the holidays, and I cannot wait. Oh, we are. We're going to the holidays. We got turkey to eat. That's right. Most, most places you go, we've already got uh, Christmas decorations out. Um, and yeah, get ready for that. I even get ready for every radio station playing Christmas music. But uh, yes, this is the eve of Thanksgiving. Uh, hopefully everybody's, uh, we don't have too much for you tonight. We're not going try, try to gonna try not to keep you guys too long. And um, I think we're going to go ahead and just skip Friday. Let everybody enjoy the holiday. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Just let everybody enjoy the holiday, the night uh, night after Thanksgiving. So uh, we'll be here tonight. We'll be back next Wednesday doing it all over again. But uh, there you go. I guess we can go ahead and knock out plugs real quick. Uh, let me find something to play here while we're doing that. Ah, what can we play? What can we play? Ah, we already had a song playing. We'll go ahead and play what was already playing before. Little Marilyn Manson back there. And of course, we start out with the high marks. That's Cheese Man. That's Mojo. That's G Wiz. Check those guys out. Sundays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on the Middle Mitt Network. Two T's in Mitt. Right here. Mixer.com slash Metal Mitt Network. And of course, Bobby Anthem and Bobby Blades. They are the inhuman experience. You subscribe, it is an experience. You will not be disappointed. Uh, go ahead and check those guys out. All the usual podcast platforms. Uh, Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Eric, Doug, Daniel, the whole cast of characters over there. Definitely want to be checking out those guys. Check them out on Blog Talk Radio and all the usual podcast platforms. And Stephen Milan. Definitely appreciate you sharing the show, sir. Letterbox.com is where you can find him. Letterbox.com, B-O-X-D.com, slash Stephen Milan, double the L's. And he's over there reviewing movies. You can review us also. You can follow us on Spreaker. You can like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dirt Sheet Dudes. Twitter, Dirt Sheet Dudes. Everywhere, we're Dirt Sheet Dudes. Stitcher, iHeart, Spotify, Google, TuneIn, Player FM, any. Where else you get podcasts from? Smart, let it roll. Yes, sir. As always, Mondays eight thirty. Cheese on sports on the Metal Mitt Podcast Network, and of course, it is time to check back in with our friends at the Planet Raconteur Podcast. It is the Planet Raconteur Podcast with Bobby Anthem, with Papa Dave Sincere, and with Yuck Nasty. 15 episodes are available for you. It's Thanksgiving, so why not listen to All You Can Eat by Mark Anthony Smith. It's available on the archives, as well as an interview with Mark Anthony Smith. And several standalone stories, as well as, like I said, 15 episodes. What more could you possibly, gosh darn diddly dang, want? Well, since you put it like that, not a damn thing. Uh, but <laughs> There you go. Anyway. There you go. There you go. These here plugs are done. And uh, speaking of Dave Sincere, I know they had some uh, we had some tornadoes here in Texas last night. Um, I know they were down in his area, and uh, hopefully he's doing well. Hopefully he's doing yeah, well sure. down there. Yeah, yeah. They were. Uh, I don't know. Last night, I, I m- my wife left for her mom's last night, 
to go down there for Thanksgiving. She wanted to spend some more time with us. So she went down there with the kids. And uh, I'm sitting here last night watching TV. I was actually watching Raw. And I'm like, did the dishwasher just pop on by itself? What the fuck is that? I had the headphones on, wireless headphones. It was fucking rain hitting my back door. I have a roof behind me. You Do you know how bad the wind has to be to hit my fucking back door with rain? Right. Oh, my God. Dude. We had, it was horrible. Horrible. Uh, we had some of those inflatable. My wife bought inflatable turkeys for our front yard. Don't judge me. Shut up. Um, I, I, I found one. I don't know where the other one is. Um, I don't have a clue. So. Hmm. Was it like it was going, it was running, it was inflated at the time and it's gone now. Oh yeah. Oh (laughs) oh, yeah. It completely, I found the plug to it. It pulled, it somehow it pulled up out of the, you know, they put those little plastic stakes in the ground for them. I had the two plastic stakes under it, and it still lifted up, ripped the inflatable, like, you know, the, the fan that blows it up out. Right, yeah. That I found. That's out there. I unplugged it because it was still running this morning. <laughs> I, went out, I went out to get my van, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it, was, it was bad here last night, but... Uh, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, but... Like I said, everything was all right up in my area. Um, I know those were directly in uh, Dave Sincere's area since we spoke that night. I kind of know where he is. I'm not going to say, but I know they were in his area. And uh, like I said, hopefully he's doing well down there. Um, Cheese Man, yeah. hit, Cheese Man hit me up. Really appreciate that. That was uh, was really nice. I, I, I greatly appreciate that. But uh, <laughs> I'm all good here besides a lost turkey. <laughs> I mean there couldn't be a sadder possible sentence on the eve of Thanksgiving than a lost turkey. Yeah, 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 a little lost turkey. But, um, yeah, speaking of uh, lost turkeys, we had a Survivor Series um, this weekend, and I guess we can go ahead and just get right into that. Um, wow. Um, Not I'm a, a fan, eh? Uh, look, it was... It wasn't a horrible show. Really, <laughs> it wasn't a horrible show. There were some very confusing things in this show, and there were a few good things. I tried to point out as many good things as I could. Um, hopefully, that'll hopefully that'll come across in the uh, in the re- little review we're going to do here. Um, Antox said the show was the pits. The pits, you even know, wow. Trying to be nice. We're going here. back to the like the forties to describe how bad this show was. Yeah, check out the Gams on Lana. <laughs> 22 Skadoo. <laughs> exactly. That's right. I will say I greatly benefited from the fact that I watched it after it happened so I could fast forward through like all of the entrances and like unnecessary fucking commercials and all that other needless pomp and circumstance. Yeah, I watched it. Um... Actually, you know what? I watched this. I wasn't watching Raw. I was watching Survivor Series last night. Not this. I watched Raw today and AEW. Um, oh. ugh, please. Uh, I, I needed <laughs> thoughts a, and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Needed a fucking nap after fucking Raw. Uh, <laughs> I took one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So it look like I said, the show wasn't. I didn't think it was awful. 
um, I thought there was some weird shit, and I thought there was just some really bad booking, um, especially in the women's match. The women's match was a fucking god-awful. I'm sorry, it was. A little bit, a little bit. A little bit. It was a clusterfuck. It was a clusterfuck. But let's get into some of the fun stuff that we uh, that we did get into. Um, they kicked it right off. Men's five-on-five Survivor Series match. Uh, we kick it off with new music for Keith Lee. Yeah. Uh, just me, or did that sound a little bit like AJ's music? I, no, I mean, for me, it sounded more just like used to use, like mm-hmm. kind of a, like he used something similar, like on the Indies, he was using a little bit of something similar, like in NXT. So it seemed like it was more of this type of music that he normally uses. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. There you go. I, again, uh, didn't really know much about Keith Lee on the Indies, but uh, real quick, I have not done a shot yet tonight. Wife isn't here. I just said that. So shot to the chat room, shot to the live listeners, shot Cheers. for everybody. Cheers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I feel like Otis right now. Um, But uh, anyway, um, <laughs> other thing I caught was Rollins coming down all somber and brooding. Um. Now, the one thing that made sense to me is when the match started, it was Owens and Riddle starting, correct? I believe. Owens went right after Riddle's bare feet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was them because I do remember that. He was like going to work on him. Yeah. And I'm like, who? Fucking genius. (laughs) You got boots on. Who wouldn't stomp the shit out of his feet? No one's done that yet. I was glad to see that. Um. So that was something good. Again, I'm going to try to pick out every good thing that I can. Um, I think I did. Sheamus tagged in. Seth asks to be tagged in. And this is where this match got really, con- I-, I guess, confusing. I get where they're going here. Um, Seth gets tagged in, turns to his team, screams for the greater good, gets on his knees, yells to Sheamus, do your part takes a bro kick, gets eliminated. Uh, I mean, I get where he was going for the greater good of the team, blah, 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 but odd. I did I did like the part on the after that where he's like, he rolls out of the ring and like Owens just gets off the apron and just looks at him and calls him a piece of crap. Oh, yeah. They were all making fun of him. They were all like, yeah, and they were talking about him like he wasn't there, like he was a 90-year-old grandfather. <laughs> yeah, he's just like laying there, like just writhing in pain, and they're just like, "This guy's a fucking douchebag." Yeah. <laughs> he can't fucking hear us. Well, who cares? Turn oh, off. Yeah, it was great. Turn off Pop's hearing aids, will you? <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I, I I get what they're doing, but it was really odd. It was strange booking. Um, to me, I just thought it was weird. Uh, let's see. We had. AJ eliminate Kevin Owens. We had Riddle eliminate Corbin. Um, let's see. Who else do we have here? We had uh, Keith Lee was a fucking beast in this match, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, he definitely was. He had a good showing. They really took two people in each of these five-on-five matches and made them beasts. Um, it was Keith Lee in this match, and I, I, I got to say it was Bianca Belair in the women's match. It was. Yeah. She was. She was the beast of that match until the, again, more bullshit we'll talk about in a few minutes here. Um, 
But I did uh, like how they had a little bit of a big boy battle while we're talking about Keith Lee, Keith mm-hmm. Lee and Otis. Keith Lee and Otis, absolutely. It looks like they're going to be doing that a little bit. I mean, even tonight on, or the other, even on Raw Monday, we got uh, Keith Lee and and uh, and Lashley, which we'll talk about. But I was pretty impressed with that match. Um, but yeah, I, I really feel that Keith Lee was the beast in this match. I mean, he caught Jey Uso and then flipped him and powerbombed. Caught Jey Uso mid-jump. And mm-hmm. Jey Uso doesn't jump lightly. Right. I mean, doesn't have Montez Ford air, but you get where I'm going. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, but uh, let's see here. I'm missing a few here. I don't know why. I think they're trying to kind of make that a showcase for him because that was kind of when he, his big breakthrough moment happened last year where he was – tearing shit up for the NXT team on Survivor Series last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a clean sweep, though, for the Raw team. They didn't lose one person. Uh, Rollins was eliminated by Sheamus. Owens was eliminated by AJ. Corbin eliminated by Riddle. Otis eliminated Braun. And uh, Jey Uso was eliminated by Keith Lee. And that was uh, that was the, the, the win of the match. Um, I... The match itself was not bad. There's that one little weird booking thing, which I really could have done without, uh, with Seth. I would have rather had seen Seth in the match. Um, but I guess we got what we got, and it is what it is. Um, what did you think of all this, Mark? It's interesting, because I, I guess that is supposed to be, or that was supposed to be, his last appearance for a little while. Mm. Just taking some time off, because you know, just they just had that kid. <laughs> So it was kind of a weird way to go out. Like you would think that maybe they, if if he was going to go out this weekend anyway, why not the you know the match that he had on SmackDown as a way to kind of put him out? But be that as it may, it was a little bit weird. But like like you said, I thought the match overall as a whole was entertaining. Mm-hmm. It went on for a pretty long time, but the time that was spent, I did enjoy it. I was entertained throughout so i can't really complain about it i thought i thought it was good outside like you said that questionable booking decision Mm. yeah yeah so like i said not horrible not not uh not great but not horrible um after that we get the new day match uh it was really nice to hear biggie doing the intro again back good they came out in a fucking full suit of armor, all three of them. For uh, the, what is it? Uh, Gears, Gears of, 5. Gears 5. Gears of War 5 outfits. I guess they're downloadable in the multiplayer, is what it is? Yep. that's Because they played a little commercial, and that's what that was about. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. I mean, they came out looking real. I mean, even uh, the uh, the trombone was looking like a gun. I thought it was really fucking great. And, you know, on the heels of that, I might as well tag this story onto it since we're talking video games and Xavier Woods. Nice. Um, might as well tack this story right onto that real quick. G4. You get, do you remember G4, Smark? Um, go ahead. I absolutely do. Spent a lot of my childhood watching that. I actually watched a little bit of G4 myself. It was on from 2002 to 2014. It was on cable. Um, they are making a return. Uh, they actually posted one of their first press releases since 2014. Um, and their first person joining the cast of G4 is Xavier Woods. That's right. 
So yeah, very interesting. He campaigned very hard on Twitter. It's kind of cool to see that mm-hmm. that ended up paying off for him. Yeah, and obviously this will be something you know WWE is going to get their piece. Let's not all let's not all sit here and be like oh, this is a sl-. no 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 WWE is getting their piece of this. I know you know they are. I know they are. Otherwise, sure. he wouldn't be doing it. But um, yeah, well. Okay. In the little commercial that I saw, they kept heavily promoting that he was WWE superstar Xavier Woods. So they're they're definitely they have their fingers in that pie. Yeah, 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 definitely. And you know, good for them. This is going to be this is good. WWE is always trying to get more promotion out there for themselves. Not like they need it, but they're always trying to get more. And video game stuff, Xavier Woods is really big into it, and I think this can do nothing but help. Um, WWE. So, hey, and great for Woods, man. He 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 really he really loves the video games, and uh, pretty good for him. I'm I'm really happy for him. But like I said, I figured I would throw that in so we didn't have to mention that later, and it sounded weird. Um, I'm kind of curious as to what that's going to look like because, like, when when they first started, they were very much ahead of their time. Because, like, they had, you know, there was a bunch of shows all related to video games. They even had a show called Arena where it was, like, teams of people playing competitive, you know, like, against each other. And, like, at the time, it was kind of, eh, who really gives a shit? But, I mean, now, nowadays, that brings in a lot of fucking views on, like, Twitch. And, like, there's even, you know, on network television, I've seen people, you know, like, there's shows of competitive tournaments and shit. So, like, there's a real big market for that now. But I wonder if that market has gone elsewhere and if they're going to actually like tune into G4 now, even though that, that there's, you know, so much other avenues like Twitch and YouTube and shit like that for it. So that's going to be kind of, I'm curious about that. Well, the smart thing they're doing from what I can see again, just, just from what I can see is they are making announcements now and they're coming back in 2021. So they're building their fan base again, which they're going to have to do. And, um, Good. I hope they, I think they will. I think nostalgia will get some people back to it right away. But yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah, but the more they they keep advertising, and it looks, they start getting more people on there like this. I mean, the original cast was like Olivia Munn and a bunch of other people. It was at, famous actors on that show. So um, good for him. And uh, like I said, they're coming back in 2021. So. They're going to be making a lot more announcements coming up soon, and uh, we'll see what happens. But um, really cool of uh, of of New Day to be in this game, and I, I thought it was awesome the outfits they wore. Um, they went up against the Street Profits, though. Good God, what a match! Uh, street Profits weren't fucking around. I didn't see a lot of uh, a lot of fucking around out of either one of them, Montez Ford especially. Um, that was kind of the story that they were telling, though, mm-hmm. is like they were ready to be serious. And New Day was obviously at least not initially. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And uh, man, it, I, I loved this goddamn match. Street Profits were victorious. Fucking once again, Montez Ford damn near leaping off my screen every time he jumps. Uh, but awesome. Awesome fucking match. This. This may have been my favorite match on the show. That seems like that was a general consensus. I'll, I'll definitely agree to that too. It seems, but it seems like anybody that I've heard review the show has cited that as being their favorite match of the night. And I mean, it's kind of hard to argue. It was, it was a really good match. Man, it was fast paced. It was hard hit. It was a really, really, really 
great match. Um, and I would say needed right after that strange booking decision from the the five on five raw match. Um, Plus, it, it felt like something was actually happening in mm-hmm. this match. Like it actually did feel like a little bit of a passing of the torch. And it, that was kind of cool to see because really there wasn't any, there, there weren't any titles on the line. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. Night. Yeah, like a so, passing of the torch from Raw to SmackDown. I see that. Ah, I well, just between like the, you know, New Day sort of knighting them as being like the new hot tag team. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's nice. I, I didn't even think about it like that, but you're right. That's exactly what it did come off like. Very nice. All right. All right, I guess we can move on from that match. I mean, it was... I, trust me, I couldn't even attempt to sit there. and I'm not going to go move by move. Uh, sure. We get Sami Zayn, Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley comes down with the Hurt Business. Sami Zayn tried to get disqualified a few times, but it never worked. Um, and then Lashley won. I got to say, there wasn't really anything exceptional or spectacular about this match that I want to... that I pointed... that, that I, that I got to point out. No, this is exactly what everybody thought it was going to be. It was just kind of Sammy getting his comeuppance for being kind of a loud mouth, arrogant kind of prick character. So, I mean, it is what it is. That's kind of what we thought it was going to be. I don't think a lot of people thought he was going to win the match. Right. So, I mean, it kind of it, it played out how you would think it would have played out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, after that, Smart, definitely want to get your opinion here. Jay's in the back. He's talking to his brother, Jimmy. Heyman comes out looking very scared for about what for what's about to happen. <laughs> Roman comes out, tells Jay he lost because he couldn't control his team because they don't fear you. And if they don't respect you, they don't have respect for the family. And if he can't make them respect the family, then Jay's got no place at the table. Kind of kind of weird they're doing all this during thanksgiving it just kind of makes sense place at the table and all that shit then reigns tells jay leave my arena he's got no time for losers tonight i think my favorite part is like he's like being so dismissive of the other one too of jimmy yeah he's like he's like yeah yeah, you go jay you go with your brother and just go whatever do whatever the fuck he does go Mm -hmm. not be booked somewhere yeah, go have a beer. I'm sorry, that was wrong. Um, <laughs> it took me a second to get there, but but once I got the reference, I enjoyed the reference. That was wrong. It was wrong. It was wrong. Um, <laughs> all right, let's let's uh, let's move on. I, I like this little segment, and I think it was warranted with the way the feud is <laughs> going with them. So you you know this is going to turn into a feud. I mean, obviously. I mean, it has to, right? Yeah, it does. It does. It does have to. And it will. It will. It will. Um, but uh, let's just go ahead and move on here. Asuka versus Sasha. I got to tell you, again, not really much on this one. Good match between the two. Nothing special. Nothing stand out. Sasha did win the match, which I guess that's the standout part of it there. But nothing really. Wow. About this match. I, I heard it described as like the matches together that this would have that one probably would have been like the fiftieth in terms of like overall quality. Because like it wasn't bad and they have really good chemistry, but that's kind of the thing is like we've seen them have way better matches on just like a regular episode of Raw. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like that's a little bit weird. Like there was nothing wrong with the match. Like there wasn't like it wasn't a botch fest. It didn't go on for too long. I think maybe if anything, it was maybe a little bit short. But just for whatever reason, it just was kind of subpar based on like what we know that they can give us. Yeah. It, yeah, you're right. And wow, you're right. They have had a ton of matches together already. Um, but yeah, maybe that's why it just didn't really. Like I said, I really have uh, literally my notes are one line on this. I do, I read my notes to you exactly the word for word. Oscar versus I, Sasha. Not much on this one. I mean, good match, nothing special. Sasha wins. That's my notes. And I think I think Dirk has a point here too, as he's saying. You know, like part of the reason why it wasn't so special is because everybody knew that Sasha was going to win. I think, she, like, yeah, yeah. I think so too. Yeah, I think they definitely had something because we both picked Sasha. Oh, I, yeah, I completely forgot our picks. But yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right, we did. You're right, we did. And she had a win. It was just kind of the way the storyline was going. You're breaking up every now and then. Not as bad as usual, but that's why I shut my camera. Um, remember, move and don't breathe. Uh, <laughs> we got a little segment with the gobbledygooker. Um, man, I brought up gobbledygook last week, and look what happens. We get the gobbledygooker this week. Um, I know it's Thanksgiving week. It wasn't me. I'm joking. Uh, but I guess what happened, I guess we need to bring up the pre-show a little bit, Smart. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't watch the pre-show, but I saw this part on, on social media. Uh, got the battle royal at the end of the pre-show. I didn't, I, I know Miz won, uh, f- uh, beating Dominic, Dominic, Dominic Mysterio. So yeah, that's all I know. But uh, there was a little segment where uh, they were all out there. R-Truth was out there on the pre-show panel. And the gobbledygooker came out and ended up pinning R-Truth to take the 24-7 title. So we, I guess we need to bring that up real quick. Hmm. That's more context than I had going into it. I had no idea. That I was like, did I miss something? Because like I said, I was skipping through like entrances. Ah. Did I miss a point where fucking the gobbledygooker beat R-Truth? But if it was on the pre-show, that makes sense that I didn't see it. But yeah, so apparently that happened. And then R-Truth mm-hmm. got the title back. Yes, R-Truth did get, well, see. There, there's a little bit more to it. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, yes, yeah, there was bird seed down on the floor. This was very Acme. If you know what I mean, this is very. They even mentioned the Roadrunner on commentary during the segment. They they did, and Cole is like, "It's not like that," and and fucking Corey is like, "It's exactly like that, you idiot." Because (laughs) it was, yeah, it's exactly what it was. But uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, Tazawa pins the gobbledygooker, and then Truth comes in, pins uh, Tazawa to get the title back. Truth is like a five hundred and thirty time champion at this point, and. I just, I just like our truth. There's, there's, I, 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 I can't shit on the guy. I, I was laughing because I watched. Um, I didn't watch. I listened. I'm sorry. Our truth. It, it was, it was a couple of weeks old at this point, but he was on the New Day podcast, hmm. and they were talking about his longevity in the wrestling business. And I think it was Big E that said something along the lines of his career started in 1997, and Big E said in 1997 I was 11, and without missing a beat, our truth just said me too. <laughs> and I was like, I love this fucking guy. We 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 really don't deserve our truth. I mean, he's of a, a, he he's he's priceless. The guy is priceless. Um, I I I can't bring myself to shit on the guy. I'm sorry, I just can't. I just can't. 
Um, I don't know. He seems like a genuinely good dude. That 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 that's a really the big part of it right there. You're right. He just seems like a really good guy, a really and like like the kind of guy you'd want to hang out with. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So definitely, definitely like our truth. But uh, so we go from that comedy to another comedy sketch, which is the five on five women's match. Smart. Wait, this wasn't just a big comedy sketch you're telling me? Well, it wasn't intended to be. I mean, you can argue it if you want that it's not, but I'm pretty sure it was just a... I mean, this was like a big SNL scene here. Um, <laughs> We get Lana to... Of course, we said Lana was going to end up tagging in because she was told not to. So like we said Friday, she's definitely tagging in. We knew that. Um. They beg her to get out. She tags out, and what are they now? Uh, Naya and Shayna tell her, stand on the steps. Okay? I, like a child. Like a, They told her to basically get in the corner. Okay. Uh, all right. I get that she's being bullied by Naya and Shayna. I, I completely get it. But how does this build sympathy? Listen, if she were a kid and this were happening, I would have more sympathy. But as an adult, how do you really have sympathy for this 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 character when she was this you know the the ravishing Russian and with Rusev and you know was kicking ass back then? How do you really have any sympathy for this character? Do you? I don't know. You 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 tell me. I mean, it's it's hard because like. We all kind of knew going into the match that she was going to end up being this old survivor. Right. But the way that they got there was just so fucking perplexing because you you would think at some point there was going to be a moment where she you know ended up displaying some type of you know surprising wrestling prowess or whatever, mm-hmm. or like there was going to be a moment where. Uh, Shayna needed help or Naya needed help and she like you could have her just specifically watch on and just not help her and that's how she gets her comeuppance or she puts Naya through a table or whatever you had in the match you had Peyton Royce end up beating Bailey and it was like kind of a surprise pin yeah like, you could have given that to her like there's so many ways so many things you could have done with her other than just like the whole story is about how she's like standing up to people bullying her and talking shit about her and what this that and the third and then the match she spends like the entire match is like pouting because they yelled at her and it's yeah. like it's, it's really hard I, I've, I've never seen like a cowardly face <laughs> usually it's cowardly heels cowardly like, it's, heel. it's hard to get behind her like the way that they're booking this character yeah yeah I, i'm i i don't know i i it's it's just very hard to to get the the sympathy they're trying to get for her, which is what they, you know, the rumor is that's what they're trying to do. Now she did end up putting Naya over a table um, on raw. So there was a little bit of comeuppance right there, which we'll, you know, get into in a little bit. Um, But anyway, let's just keep going here, I guess. Um, Ruby at one point missed, I mean, completely missed a kick to Nia Jax. And Corey was like, I'm not sure she got all of that. Did she? (laughs) <laughs> I like how he's just so polite with that. It was just like, yeah, no, she she missed all of it, sir. Yeah, no, no, no. We we could have shot a cannon through there, and it wouldn't have hit either one of them. Um, 
on the opposite side of that spectrum, I think also during that match uh, with Ruby, Shayna had gone for a kick, and I think Ruby was supposed to duck, but she didn't. Mm. And, like, she almost got knocked the fuck out. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, Shayna had expected her to move, so she, like, put, you know, put a full force into it. And I guess she ended up, like, hitting her in the chest and not the face. Otherwise, it would have been a bad situation. Yeah, and you just saw Ruby go, oh, and it was like, like that's not fair. That's not selling. That's pain. Uh, But and 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 then more confusing. Maddie goes to do this leg thing on Peyton Royce and just ends up falling to the ground. Yeah, she she had something elaborate set up, but just I don't know if she just couldn't hold on to her or if she slipped out or she was just tired. Something happened because she just couldn't quite pull it off. It looked like she was going for like a deep sharpshooter or something and then decided to change it and then did this and then it was like and then she just fell and i was and then eliminated peyton royce and i was like that was fucking again like a fucking snl skit dude and then lacy runs in and eliminates natalia another confusing elimination right there because it was just like wait what, what 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 happened and then Shayna has ruby in the submission hold Ruby falls, pins Shayna, but Naya had the ref distracted, and then Shayna throws off Ruby, and Shayna looks lost, and then pins Ruby. I think she went out was the problem. Well, she did go out, but and then but why did Shayna look like she was lost when she got up? She's like, uh, what what did I do? It's possible. I, I didn't I didn't notice that part of it. I, I do know the spot you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I thought it was kind of cool because it was it's kind of creative how they ended up doing that because it you know made Ruby look good because it you know, made it look like she she was going to beat her, but then she just kind of got screwed out of the potential elimination and then she ended up getting eliminated. But I didn't see the, the, that Shayna part, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah, so kind of really talk about that. Kind of reminded me of an old MMA Matt Hughes match. I forget who he was up against. But he went, the guy had Matt Hughes in, uh, up. It, Matt Hughes had him pinned against the cage. The guy had him in a guillotine. Matt Hughes fell to the ground, but when he did, he knocked out the other guy. Mm. And they called him the winner. Because he somehow, him falling, he, he, he got up in time. It was a weird match. It was a weird match. I want to look that. I know it was Matt Hughes, and I don't know. I forget who he was up against. I forget. Oh, man, I wish I knew his name, but I don't remember it. I know. I've, I've seen that. I've seen that happen before in a couple of different fights where, like, people try to go for a takedown, or like mm-hmm. back in the early days, like Pride days, when you can do the fucking power bombs. Oh yeah. Like they tried to do the power bomb, and they ended up like fucking. <laughs> and knock themselves out i've seen that before i i don't know the fight exactly that you're talking about yeah i do know who matt hughes is but only fight i can remember from him was the shogun fight and i know that's not the one no nah, nah, matt, matt matt hughes was a bad motherfucker man i jesus christ but uh anyway that's uh that's neither here nor there then we get to naya easily eliminating Liv morgan um which leaves bianca belair the SmackDown only SmackDown star remaining. Again, this is why I say they made her the beast in this match, dude. She was doing little feats of strength throughout the match and doing this and doing that. Um, but really, I feel like they made her, even though she lost the way she did with her and Nia both getting counted out. 
I I really feel like they made. I mean, she wasn't she wasn't just taking Nia's beating. She got a lot of offense in against Nia Jax. Even at one point, Nia Jax was almost down to the ground. Um, I I really feel like they made Bianca Belair the beast in this match, and deservingly so. Uh, I may not like her character, but I have never sat here and shit on her ability and her athleticism. Never. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, she's great in the ring. She really is. I just don't like her character. It's just that simple. Uh, I have nothing against her, nothing against her ability or, or her, like I said, or her in ring at all. It's, it's just the character. There's really no character there to me, but damn good fucking wrestler. And like I said, they made her a beast in this fucking match. Yeah, I, I like the back body drop that they ended up doing the Naya to, over uh-huh. the barricade that, that that ended up being what ended up eliminating both of them. Mm-hmm. But uh I yeah, I kinda I almost feel like maybe and I heard somebody else say this that maybe they should have done called an audible and just had her win. Like I don't know what, what you think about that maybe, but I cause I feel like yeah they they did sort of make her look good, but like I feel like to kind of an extent, like kind of have done more with it, I think, than they ultimately ended up doing. I mean, they don't need to like push her to the fucking moon, but like, I feel like if they maybe gave her another elimination or something that would have helped more than it did. She did look good, but I feel like they could have done a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I I agree with that, but, and and having her win would have been fine, but, they were trying to do two storylines here, in my opinion. I may be wrong. Like I said, they're trying to make Bianca look like the Beast, and they didn't want her to go in against Lana, um, I guess, for many reasons. I think, we, I think we saw why in that very, 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 very short match we had on Raw, why they didn't want her going in against Lana. Um, but I just... And they were also trying to tell the story that Lana, like like we said, Lana's either going to be, Lana was either going to get beat to hell or she was going to be the sole survivor. So we had that part right. But I'm fine with the story they told here. I just, I, I, I'm not crazy about the way they took out Bianca Belair. But then again, if they stuck with their plan and Lana went in and beat her, that would have been really bad for Bianca Belair. So what I think in again, what I think they did is they kind of took the easy way out here to make Bianca Belair still look strong and to still tell the Lana story. I mean, she was in there celebrating like Daniel Bryan, you know? Yeah, I I, I think they wanted to tell both stories. But I again, in if I if I caught that Bianca Belair looked like a beast in this match, I'm sure someone else did. And uh, but yeah, I, you know, weird match, though. Weird match. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, it was basically an SNL comedy skit. I, I yeah, there, there was that one part where, right, right when uh, Shayna and I are, are reprimanding Lana, that you like you start hearing, and they kind of cut over to the SmackDown women's team, and they're all like high fiving each other and posing, and they're like, "Oh, we're all friends here." <laughs> like I did get a little bit of a laugh out of that. <laughs> we're on one fucking page. Hell yeah! Yeah, look, look, uh, well, they're just so good for you. But, um, all right, we got one more match, and then we have the retirement ceremony of Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Definitely want to get into that. There was some, uh, I love who they brought out, and, um, 
one goosebump moment for me. And I'm thinking probably a lot of people. But let's go ahead and get into this Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre match, um, which was the main event. Really good match between these two guys, first of all. Um, I expected a little more shit talking during the match, but uh, it it started going a little more as uh, the match got, uh, as Reigns, Reigns got most of the offense in in this match. Drew got like explosive spurts every now and then. Um, Hey, the table no sold Reigns once. Did you see that? (laughs) Yeah. Only once though. He did it the second time. Um, And listen, we're getting the Reigns we've wanted for years now. I know it's a little late and it's, there's no fans, but I guess better late than never. Definitely. Because I'm really liking this Roman Reigns character, uh, this heel Roman Reigns. I really am. I'm not crazy about the whole storyline, the place at the table, the tribal chief. Not really crazy about it. But I like this Roman Reigns uh, that we're getting now. Um, It's really a lot better than the smiling, suffering, succotash Roman Reigns that we were getting. So I'll take this any day. I mean, we're even getting Reigns doing low blows. You know, Superman punch, guillotines. Uh, really fucking good match, though, man. Really good match. And Reigns won it by submission. Mm-hmm. It, it seems like, uh, maybe, and maybe I'm misreading this a little bit, that they like the whole sort of goal of the match or the, the story that they were telling was that Reigns is a little bit more of a powerhouse. He's a little bit better at being. He was a little stronger than Drew, but Drew's a little bit better of a wrestler. Yeah, because you have there's a lot of, from what I noticed at least, there's a lot of Drew, like using counters and you know reversals and all kinds of stuff like that against Roman, and then Roman just kind of using his strength to get him to where he needed to be. Right. But yeah, it was, it was a really solid match. Like it was just like two guys could just sort of beating the hell out of each other, which is. As we've said time and time again, the best possible way of entertaining us is just, you know, go in there and just lay it on in and beat the hell out of each other. And that's what they did. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was interesting. The, the, the end of the match was weird. Like, uh, Antox is saying he groaned at the ref bump. I did too, man. It was, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, Drew hit the Claymore. Reigns flailed his arms like he was just shot with a fucking cannon. And, the 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 ref goes out. It was, yeah, you know. And then another official uh, comes down. Uh, McIntyre got up for like a minute and then just fell right down, basically collapsed, and the ref called the match. But right. um, like I said, I expected a little more shit talking. I liked what we got, but I expected more, um, especially with Roman, Roman Reigns in the, the last match, just talking shit throughout the whole match. So I don't know, but I did like it. Let's get to this retirement ceremony. Um, We did have the retirement ceremony of The Undertaker on this show. It was the the, the farewell, if you will. We'll see about that, (laughs) of The Undertaker. Uh, We start out with Shane McMahon coming down. Then we get Big Show, uh, JBL, Jeff Hardy. uh, Had The Undertaker symbol painted on his face. Foley came down looking like Mick Foley. Uh, The Godfather himself uh the godwins savio vega rikishi kevin nash booker t sean michaels rick flair triple h and kane the only one in full gear but 
I'm not sure if he didn't do that just because he, they were supposed to be like the brothers of destruction as Kane. I don't know. I don't know why they had to do that, to be honest. <laughs> it did seem unnecessary it, that it he was just in full gear. And, and and at one point you see Flair just like looking up and down with his big smile on his face like, he fucking did it. He actually did it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was making me laugh. All the little introductions. It's just like, yeah, Flair was definitely there for Flair. Like everybody oh, else was there for the Undertaker, and like I can't like what really caught me off guard was fucking Savio Vega. Like I couldn't in a million years because like I, I heard the music and I was like, is that fucking is that Savio Vega? And mm-hmm. sure enough, mm-hmm. sure enough, it was. And for whatever reason, they decided to put over Los Bariquas, ah. which my God, they put them over more on commentary than they did the entire time they were fucking wrestling and during the Attitude Era. They fucking never won anything, but. Yeah. There you go. That was interesting. I I, I don't really, I, I I don't know what the kind of connection between him and the Undertaker is, but hey, fair enough. Well, they were telling little bits of the uh, of why all the guys were down there, which I liked. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I didn't hear the one on Savia, to be honest with you, so I don't know. Um, the video package they they played was really good, though. We saw it on Raw, also. Um, yeah. We got old man Cena. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and oh, uh, Antox mentions BSK. I was surprised they that Cole brought up BSK. Yeah, by name, by I'm name, surprised. Bone Street, Bone Street Crew. I was like, oh my god, Cole, Cole. <laughs> but he did. Um, but yeah, we got the video package, and then we got Vince in the ring. Um. Oof. I, I wanted to send you a message you, that was just like no spoilers, but Vince looks like shit. Because uh, no spoilers, but Vince did look like shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vince did not look. Look, he's listen. I'm not going to sit here and be like, he should look better for his age. No, the man is in his seventies. Well, he's got the dyed hair that makes him look ridiculous. Like uh, you're not fooling anyone. Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, but even look, outside of that, like. I hate to say it, but like, just start getting ready. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, just start Ooh. getting ready for it because it. Ooh, ooh. I hate to say. I, I'm not wishing it, but he just <laughs> did not look well. He just, he really did. He looked like he looked like he was in bad condition. He looked like he was in bad shape. Man, you're yeah. Listen, man, you're you're talking about a guy who they say doesn't sleep much. And he's probably still trying to keep that same pace going. And you know what, man? Eventually, it's got to stop. Listen, my dad turned 70 last Saturday. So so I, you know, I'm already starting to worry about him. And my dad doesn't want to slow down one bit. But they've moved out to the, you know, they're an hour and a half away now. They're an hour and 15 minutes, hour and 15, really. Um, And, you know, they're. They're both starting to slow down. Both my parents are slowing down a little bit. My dad right. doesn't want to admit it, and he'll be like, oh, I'm doing all this work at the farm. My mom's like, no, he's doing two or three things coming in for two hours, which what the 70 years old he should be. But Vince is out there trying to run that same carny schedule they've been running for years. I know they're not traveling like they were. I get it, and that's probably, my God, that's probably great for Vince right now. He's getting a little break. But he's probably trying to keep up that work schedule, man, and it just can't happen. You just eventually you've got to slow down. That's what retirement is for. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to work yourself to death. 
That's all I'm saying. Um, but I will say the things he said about Taker was really cool. Uh, even mentioned WWF, which was a lot of people were shocked by that. Um, but he introduced the Undertaker. Still, he pulled it out though for the Undertaker. The Undertaker. He pulled it out, man. He did. He did. He pulled it out, and I appreciated that. Um, he did. He did. But uh, the Undertaker's entrance took about, I think it was like six fucking minutes, man. But whatever. It was his last one. It could have taken as long. A little remix to his music there. Did you notice that? A little bit, yeah. Kind of like a, like a, I, I don't know. Because well, it started off, they had those like fucking Tesla coils, and I guess they were like... Mm-hmm. Involved in the overall because you had the little <laughs> like the beginning of the theme. Look at the chat. Literally, Antox just said we're gonna talk about those Tesla coils. <laughs> well, yeah, we sure are. <laughs> just had to hang out a couple more. Things. Like literally, you said the word and the, and the, and it popped up in the chat like as you were saying it. Um, yeah, yeah, that was a little weird. That was it was, but it was also a pretty cool entrance. I saw you know you they, look. They're trying to use what they got. Leave them alone. Oh yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not even gonna try to like nitpick, complain about that. Like, cause I guess they really couldn't use pyro, or they couldn't use that much pyro. Like they did, they, they could, they, but they probably had in mind versus what their limitations were. It's mm. probably very stark in contrast. Yeah, but I feel like they did get the most out of what it was that they had available to them. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I mean, like I said, that was a little cheesy and a little corny, but. The rest of it, once the real music started, was great. Really good entrance for him. Really cool. Um, Taker comes out, gives a pretty quick farewell speech. Basically said the time has come to let The Undertaker rest in peace. Now, this was the goosebump moment for me. He does the little kneeling pose, and and a hologram of Paul Bearer appeared. Man, I got goosebumps, and and I I didn't get him until you looked at Taker's face, and he rolled his eyes back. It looked like to stop the fucking tears, man, because he was about to cry. Yeah, you could see him like kind of maybe shaking a little bit. He definitely, I, I noticed that too because I, I replayed it a little bit, mm. and like you could definitely tell that he it got him. Like I don't know if he was expecting it or what, but. He definitely, he definitely felt the emotion behind that. Well, yeah, and he stayed on his knees for a for a, a, a little while. He stayed on his knees for like a minute and a half, which I'm sure that was a, a moment of silence for Paul, but I'm sure that was a moment to for him to regain his composure. Um, like I said, man, I got goosebumps, and you just saw the, I mean, you saw the love in just that he had for Paul, and a lot of fans had the. Um, I'm sure you know we we saw him so much over the years. I, I was a huge Paul Bearer fan. Oh, huge, absolutely, a Same. huge one. Um, so that was really awesome of uh, of WWE to do that. And um, after that, bell told ten times officially. I guess you could say putting an end to the Undertaker. He uh, does his throat slash, leaves the ring. And does the little uh, one fist up for one last time, I guess. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. He's saying he's not coming back. And I, I'd i like to believe it because I got to say he didn't. Another one who didn't look all that well out there. Um, but I, I, I hope that's the case. Like, I mean, it is what it like. It is what it is to some degree where if like if you still can and you still want to. Hmm. 
who am I to say that you can't? But I mean, I feel like if he does end up coming back now, you kind of just ruined a really good moment. But yeah, I mean, there's going to be opportunities for him to kind of take another sort of victory lap because you know he's going to, he's obviously going into the Hall of Fame and they're obviously until there's people around because that's going to be something that's going to sell tickets to get people into the Hall of Fame, you know, pay to see it. So, well, he'll, he'll get a chance to, you know, kind of do that whole speech in front of a crowd thing. Well, I mean, look, we could always get the American badass back. Uh, <laughs> fucking loophole. Just imagine, you know, you're sitting there and we hear a fucking brrrm, fucking Harley start up and it's the end of the undertaker but it's just the beginning of me (laughs) oh shit you know what quick shot for the undertaker great time (laughs) great excuse for a shot shot for the undertaker cheers may the character rest in peace and a shot for you sir oh now i hear a lot of people like you really think they're gonna let him go out in front of no fans in the Thunderdome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. They still did a lot of really cool things for him. They still did a really good little ceremony for him. And yeah, I definitely see him going in the Hall of Fame at one point. So even as, you know, this year. Next year. Well, sorry. Have the chance to do it in front of people, the Hall of Fame thing. And I don't doesn't wrestle again, but obviously... You know what it is. As much as this company likes to rely on history for things, you know that they're going to bring him back out for something at some point, like some kind of on-screen appearance. Oh, yeah. I mean, they'll have to eventually. Sure. They'll have to, which, you know, I mean, if they do, they do. If they don't, once again, listen, if this is the last we see of The Undertaker, I'm fine with that, to be honest with you. I really, really am. It's not going to bother me one bit. Um, Same. If we get more of The Undertaker, all right. This Again, that'll make this look like shit. I mean, it already made, again, I said this a thousand times on the, on, on, on the other show, that I feel like when Reigns went out there for a year saying he retired The Undertaker as this great baby face. First of all, that's a heel move. You retired one of the greatest in the world or greatest wrestlers, greatest characters. And right. then... You brag about it, and then he comes back. You just lied to us for a year, dude. <laughs> you just lied to us for a fucking year. And you're a baby face. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like it's like all those people that said that they you know killed Hawkamania or they were gonna kill Hawkamania. Hmm. But they were always heel. They were never faces that they're dead, obviously. Uh, uh, but anyway, uh Survivor series, um I would say besides the uh uh, tag team New Day and Street Profits match. I would say the Undertaker thing was my other favorite thing on the show. That's about it. <laughs> so there you go. I would say that's Survivor Series right there. I tried, like I said, I tried to pick out all the good stuff in it. I hope I did. If not, I apologize, but I tried. Um, now we get into Raw, Smart. Mm-hmm. Or in my notes, small for this. Um, I was very curious to see how you're going to feel about this because it seems like there's a lot of people divided about how they felt. Like some people were like, oh, this is pretty good raw. And some people were just like, oh, this is fucking terrible. I wouldn't say terrible. <laughs> so closer to it being bad than it being good. 
I was willing to fast forward through a lot of it. Long matches on this show. Definitely. Oh. I definitely. Yeah, there were some long matches on this show. Um, and that was one of the things that took me out of the show a little bit. I'll say that right there. Um, I'm trying to pull up some audio here real quick because I do want to play something for you guys tonight. And I'm going to get it loaded up so I don't have to wait on it. It is interesting that they did that, though, because usually it is the opposite where you'll get like four promos or talking segments and then you'll get like a match that'll be like five, ten minutes. Yeah, they're like all their usually most of their matches go right, um, you know, right through a commercial. But these matches just were like enough already, Uh, especially the first match. Especially this fucking first match that we get. Um, I'll give it to you in a little while. Let's let, 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 let's start out. We start out with the whole Survivor Raw Survivor Series team on Raw. Uh, Pierce basically tells everyone each guy can one at a time tell us why you deserve a title shot. Which, why, why, what? Seriously, <laughs> what? Anyway, uh. <laughs> so they did. Riddle was hilarious in this, by the way. Riddle, Riddle is like RVD times two. Mm-hmm. He really, and I'm, I'm trust me, I'm, I know everyone's made that RVD reference, but he's better. He's better because he's funnier. He a bit later on in the show, but I don't know if we'll get there. So he had my favorite line of like my favorite moment of the show, line of the night, whatever you want to look at it as. A little bit later on in the show, he's interacting with MVP. He calls MVP bro, who yeah. just immediately shakes it off and goes, I'm not your bro. And then he starts to try to go back to what he's saying, and Riddle just goes, oh. And MVP has to stop talking so that he doesn't start laughing. I saw that MVP. He he stammered MVP because of the- <laughs> he, he caught him. He caught, you can tell he caught yep, him. One. Because after that, MVP stammered two more times. And I, I did want to talk about that. We will get to more of that. Yeah, that was... You know what? Fuck it. We'll just go ahead and jump around. Yeah, that was a great fucking part right there, though, man. Pitching pizza yogurt, brogurt, <laughs> and and fucking... MVP is just sitting there looking at him like, wait, what? Oh, my God, you're serious. <laughs> I it was, it was a really, really good segment. Heavily needed on this show because this show was, like I said, long, drawn-out matches on this show, man. Long, drawn-out matches on this show. And it was a while before we got to the matches, which was even fucking worse. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, we had a match. No, no, we really didn't have a match. Here. No, it started off with the whole campaigning for a while. Yeah. Exactly. And then we had Braun uh, headbutt (laughs) Pierce, which... Because he freaked out that Pierce said that he was last. Oh, right. So fucking stupid. Last, he was like, last yeah. but not least. He was like, well, you said I'm last. I'm not last. It's like, no, really. You like factually, you are the last guy to speak, which <laughs> maybe I should have said save the best for last. That might have been that might have been better. Um, but we did get an article that uh, Braun has been suspended indefinitely. I don't know if he's hurt or what's going on. But uh, we'll say whatever. Um, and then, attacking authority figures, you need to have a little bit of respect. I'm glad that they fucking brought the hammer down on this guy, this ne'er do well. 
Didn't they just find Randy when he did it? <laughs> well, look, we, we heard the Orton promo from last week. Uh, he has a different set of standards applied to him, and he relishes it. Yeah, he would just take any anger management classes and get it taken off anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know, like so it's, it's, it's like rehab. It's like rehab. Fuck it, I'll do it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so that was that whole part. Um, and then we got a, a video package from earlier today, basically setting up the New Day and Cedric, uh, New Day versus Cedric and Benjamin, the title match. Um, basically, it was just, I, 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 I mean, first of all, we get that match. I, I like the, the promo segment where you basically just have Kofi King, Dante Hicks. And clerks being like, oh, it's my day off. I'm not even supposed to be here. I know it's my day off, man. It's my day off. Yeah, <laughs> and they, they they try to challenge them. It's like, oh no, no, it's it's our it's our day off. And then like they insult them. So Woods turns up and accepts it, and Kofi's just looking at him like side eyed. Yeah, like, dude, motherfucker, I'm trying to relax. Like I don't know why they're at their job on their day off, or why they're in their gear on their day off. But hey, whatever. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah I, I, I didn't get all that either, but uh, eventually Kofi just says, oh, well, let's fight. <laughs> let's let's fight. Meanwhile, this match it, it hadn't even, it, we this match didn't go right now. Um, Yeah, actually, yes, it did. It did, didn't it? Yeah, I think it was the first it match. It did. It did. This was the match. and I, I'm sorry. This, so it wasn't the first match I met that was too long. Um, New Day at one point gets counted out of this match, though, and MVP restarts the match. When did MVP start fucking making matches and restarting matches? When did MVP become an official? Did I I miss something? I think he just, he took the Adam Pierce route. I I, I guess Adam Pierce has knocked the fuck out, so hey. I, I guess what happened, actually, according to the Observer, is that it was a botch. Like, apparently, Hurt Business are supposed to get into the ring, but they didn't, and the referees are, like, instructed to call it as a shoot. So right. the referee, it ended up being a double countout because they didn't get in the ring in time. So there was supposed to be that New Day one, or... there was supposed to be that it was a countout, but it ended up being a double countout. Huh. Interesting. Well, New Day ended up retaining anyway, so it really was a fucking neither here nor there. Um yeah. All right. Well, I, I mean, Dave Meltzer would know he's right twenty percent of the time. <laughs> it was it was interesting though because it was like, I, did you think that they were coming off New Day coming off as being heelish that they didn't the match? Because to me, it seemed like they weren't supposed to have the title match. They got goaded into taking the title match. The title match didn't go the way that the hurt business wanted, and it was like, well, we gave you the fucking title shot. It's not our fault that you lost. Well, they lost, but they kept the, they lost, but kept the titles. So, right. I I I mean, it was Kofi's day off, man. Yeah, Kofi's trying to chill. I mean, it was Kofi's day off, man. He just wanted to sit around and play some video games with him with uh with Woods and uh you know whatever. But um, I don't know, I don't know. It 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 was what it was. But they did retain, which kind of made the whole restart the match thing bullshit. Um. But yeah, I mean, if you said it was a botch, then I, I I get what happened there. That's probably why it looks so odd and fucking awkward. Um, but P- Adam Pierce was a huge part of this first hour of the show. Um, finally, he comes out and sets up a after he he spoke to Lashley and he spoke to Orton. Um, he set up a series of three singles matches. The winners of those matches will meet on Raw next week in a triple threat match. The winner of the triple threat 
will take on Drew. Did he say what I think he said? He said Mackenfart. He did, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's just Drew Mackenfire, and then he had to like correct himself. No, he said Drew Mackenfart. Mackenfart. Well, that. Oh no, I have audio. He definitely fucked it. I I know that he fucked it up. He oh, had I to have go back and do it again. Do you think I wouldn't have audio? <laughs> well, I guess let's go. Adam, I'm gonna try one more time. It's not you good. Spoke to Bobby. But... You spoke to Randy. What can you tell us regarding the WWE Championship? So I think it's a solution. All the superstars have made compelling cases. They've stated their claim. That's what I wanted at the start of this program tonight. And all the talking isn't going to come. We're going to settle this in the ring. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a series of three singles matches. The winners of those matches will meet next week on Raw in a triple threat. And the winner of that match will go on to face Drew McIntyre. And Drew McIntyre for the day. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. He did call uh, him Drew McIntyre. He did. I think he got a, he he got ahead of himself in words, which we've all done it. Let's not fucking lie. Oh, absolutely. We've all done it. I, and by, by the way, I tried to fix that audio. When I tried to reduce the noise, it actually got tinnier than that. So I just left it as is. I it, I apologize for the audio being bad. Hopefully, it's better on the uh, on the recording than it is here um i just want to pretend that you're just sitting there with like the camera phone like pressed against the screen that <laughs> trying to record it like old school style <laughs> well obviously I, re- I got it off youtube who someone literally just sat there with their phone and recorded it off of their television but mm-hmm. i tried to fix that noise and the more i tried to fix it the worse it got <laughs> so yeah. Every, yeah. everything i tried just fucked it up even more i actually spent most of the um, last uh, most of the main event of AEW trying to fix that audio. <laughs> I kind of appreciate the fact that you put any effort into that. You're like, I want this fart joke to come in crystal clear. I it it was the way it's coming through my headphones. It's literally it's like loud, but I don't know. The background noise was killing me. Anyway, yeah, it happens. I tried. I'm sorry. Hopefully, it comes over better on the uh, on the recording. But uh, we'll work that out later. Um, so yeah, so obviously the winner will take on take on Drew McInfart, and um, I had the Summerfest. I I think he put because he the next word was four. Mm-hmm. We'll take on Drew McIntyre for the WWE. So I he he obviously just got ahead of himself. And meanwhile, we got some great memes out of it. Um, yeah, I, just, I can see this becoming like a Jeff Harvey situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, 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 again, something needed on Raw. A little bit of actual unscripted comedy. Yeah. So, now, the first match of this little uh, three matches was Riddle versus Sheamus. Mm-hmm. This is the match that went way too long. Now, with that being said, Smart, these guys were laying that shit in, dude. Yeah, they definitely were. And like, I'm kind of glad that you felt that it did go on for too long mm. because I was watching it and it wasn't. It wasn't that it was a bad match. It was. It was a good match. They were doing like everything that would be expected of you if you wanted to put on a good match. But for some reason, it just wasn't connecting with me. 
like I I know I'm definitely in the minority on this one because like it seems like that I heard talk about Raw was saying that this was like their favorite match of the show, and like I could see how they would get there, but just for whatever reason, it just wasn't click. Yeah, I'm not sure about all that, but I, I I as hard as they were hitting, I feel like this match being shorter would have actually benefited it. Because I mean, at one, I mean, Riddle at one point was locked in that heel hook and started kicking the shit out of Sheamus. And you, he wasn't slapping his leg. He was hitting Sheamus in the chest with his foot. I mean, these two guys, like I said, the match may have gone too long, but these guys were fucking laying that shit in hard. And I think it actually would have been better to shorten the match. Um, I mean, at one point, uh, uh, Seamus goes for the bro kick. Riddles tries to stand up and just collapses before he hits it. Which I actually thought that was cool if they sold that as being like a tactical decision. Mm. Where it's like he knew it was coming, so instead of taking it, he just fell forward. I wouldn't mind if they actually brought that up in a promo, honestly. Yeah. I, I wouldn't mind. Uh, I love that Sasha Baron Corbin calls him anus instead of Seamus. <laughs> Oh shit! He also calls uh, did what is it? CFO, CFO money sign. Oh, CFO shift four. I love it. That's great. Uh, God. That one does get me. I do enjoy that. I fucking love our chat room. God damn, do I love you guys? Thank you so much for joining us every week. Uh, but yeah, this match again. I, I mean, Riddle did steal a win, which I kind of expected somehow, some way. Riddle was going to win. Um, but too long. Just too fucking long, man. Too fucking long. And I'm 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 actually really happy that you were in agreement with that because I wasn't sure if I was in the minority thinking that match just went. I mean, it only went through one commercial break, but man, it, it was. Did, it did just feel like it was going on forever, and like, and that's the thing. It's like it wasn't bad. Like it's it's a weird thing. Hmm. It's like it wasn't a bad match like objectively objectively speaking easy for no. me to say but it just something about it just wasn't clicking for me no no not at all weebs in the chat what up weebs uh, but yeah it it i, I agree I, I i can't disagree it just wasn't clicking for me either again i lo- i i could see that they were hitting fucking hard eat i mean literally I mean, like I said, uh, they were hitting where they weren't fucking sitting there and smacking their leg. They were hitting each other, and you were hearing the thuds outside the ring. That's good shit right there. Um, but, yeah, too long, too drawn out. I think, like I said, with them, as much as they were beating the shit out of each other, I think they would have benefited from a small, uh, shorter match. But anyway, let's... Uh, Let's move on from that before we uh, spend too much time. Move on to the Firefly Funhouse with Brian Alexa. Uh, they're talking about <laughs> friendships, Mark. Yes, we decide we, we see a debut of a new character in the Funhouse. Yes, we do. The friendship Froggy. <laughs> I don't know why, but I fucking love it. I think like, talking in this British accent. I really oh. just wanted him to just start going. Hello, my baby. Hello, my mama. Hello, my ragtime gal. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do, to hear. But we didn't. We got Friendship Frog. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say Bray needed someone to play off of because he didn't. Right. But 
talk about being able to grow a character and building a character and really working good together. I really feel that him and Alexo are working really good together. And again, I'm not going to say Bray needed someone, but in a way, this kind of shows maybe he did need somebody, you know? It adds it, it, it adds an extra element to it and another day mentioned to it. Yeah. It's like you like you said, he just it, it just adds something new. It, it like kind of keeps things fresh. Like I don't think they they were at a risk of getting stale, but well, it's, oh, it's a, so hot before it's like, ugh, this is fucking so tired and old. Well, it was a, it's a, how do I put this? Oh, a, a welcome evolution of the character. Would that, yeah. would, would that be a good way to put it? Sure. Development. All right. A welcome evolution of the character. Um, <clears throat> they've teased. I mean, I know Alexa Bliss is not Sister Abigail. I know it. That little doll is. But. They've teased some sort of character with him for a long time, a female character with him for a long time. And I never expect expected Alexa Bliss to be that character, but holy shit, it fits. It fucking fits. And it showed even more how much it fit her in the in the match she had with Nikki Cross tonight. Because that's right. what the whole friendship thing was about, Nikki Cross and Randy Orton. Um, I will go ahead and admit, I will just go ahead and take a pretty big L on this one, <laughs> because when they had Extreme Rules, like this is when that started, it was at Extreme Rules when he was wrestling Strowman, yep. and you had, like, Bliss showed up a little bit, and it was supposed to be like a figment of his imagination, and I was seeing people that were asking, they are like, are they going to be together, are they going to put them together, and I was like, look, this is a fucking one-off, I can guarantee you that mm. this they will fucking completely drop and completely forget about this next week. And like, sure enough, I was really, really wrong on that. Yeah, so I will admit to being wrong on that one. Yeah, and I kind of agreed with that. I, I, again, I thought he was. I, I thought she was more cock teasing Bray in that segment. I know the one you're talking about, uh, right. the um, the the swamp something match. Yeah, swamp fight. Whatever it was, um, whatever the fuck it was called. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, and again, they uh, they've been teasing this character. A character, not this character, a character joining Bray. Again, a female character joining Bray. <clears throat> and I really didn't think it was going to be this well worked in, but she fits, man. She really fits. And, you know, we had her, you know, because of her match with Nikki, we had Alexa showing the frog what she was going to do. And uh, she beat the shit out of the frog, beat him to death. Um <laughs> Because they did the fucking in memoriam segment where they oh. showed his entire like life, and the fact that they bothered like putting <laughs> it out there that he went to college because mm. they show him like throwing a graduation cap. I, I thought that was fucking great. Oh, I thought the best part was they showed the one segment he just did, and then they <laughs> yeah. killed. I was like, that is such. A, this was fucking amazing. I loved it. I loved it. It was so stupid, but it was stupid in like in a way that I can appreciate and enjoy. It was. It was. I really I I I'm not gonna lie, I sat there laughing my ass off. I really did. I'm like, that yeah, was this is the greatest thing I think they've ever done on this fucking show. And then they like they cut to them at the very end being like sad for a couple seconds and they're like, Oh shit happens. Well, yeah, and then Bray makes a joke of kind of sad he <laughs> croaked. 
Uh, get it right. <laughs> they start laughing. I was sad. I was a little bit disappointed that they didn't add like a crowd clapping sound effect to it. Yeah, like, it's a brilliant joke. Like you just cue the fake laughs, the fake applause. Yeah, yeah. That could, you really could have used a a little <laughs> ribbit behind them. Um, but anyway, that was a good segment. I really, I, I, I like I said, I, I really feel that these guys that they're doing very well in these segments. Um, and you know what, let's just, since we're doing that, we'll just go ahead and jump to the little Nikki Cross segment with, uh, Alexa Bliss, since we're already talking about Alexa Bliss, but she kind of, again, she was bringing that character out, kind of toying with, um, with Nikki Cross, Alexa was, and then she was kind of, and, and, and she smiled when she was hurting, which I guess that's another show we can do. Um, but that's really hot. Uh, <laughs> a chick who's smiling when I mean, not that I would ever want a woman to, you know, smile, you know, but when she's being hurt, but... <laughs> I would have loved it if you just tapered off after. It's it's. And I would never want a woman to smile, and then you just move on to the next sentence. No, it's uh, but 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 the way she does it is just really really hot. Um. Again, that's for another show. Uh, but I, you know, at one point she was she gave the like, oh my god, like she woke up and was like, what am I doing and how did I get here? Look, and of course it was just a ploy. Uh, hits the sister Abigail, pins Nikki for the win. But again, I just like how much she's in character and can use the character and works with the character. Nothing feels forced. Like she felt like she was forcing that whole baby face character to me none of this feels forced to me this feels like a character she feels very comfortable in so maybe that's why it's coming off great wow just in general she's a better heel than she is a face yeah which is common uh, christopher kane said it reminded him of an ex-girlfriend that tried to set him on fire i didn't mean to bring up bad memories sir i apologize uh and i'm 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 glad you're Still here to join us today. Um, Story time? Not, question mark. not sure what to say about that anymore. <laughs> um, we've, we've all been there? Question mark? No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, I mean, I had a, I mean, I, I did have one girl who I broke up with and I had to move out of my house for her to get out of my house. That's about as far as I've gotten. And I did have one girl who, 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 accused me of uh, sexual assault because she virginity and never called her again. That's about all I've ever had done to me. Huh. I think the worst that ever happened to me is I thought somebody was going to hit me with a hammer. They didn't, but I thought that that's where that was going to go. Yeah, I think that's about it. Anyway, I might just got too honest there, but anyway. Um... Uh, As long as you're not making me an accomplice in anything. No, no, no. I would never. I would never break statutes. I mean, unless statutes limitations is up. Um, You know, I (laughs) kind of know this. Commentary from Weebs, of course. Crazy chicks equal the best play. I mean, you got a point there. Definitely. (laughs) It was not Ivan Putsky. It, that was going to hit me with a hammer. It was, I was not going to be hit with a Polish hammer. It was Triple H with a sledgehammer. Ah. I really do appreciate the ability to pull that reference out, though. That was <laughs> that was clutch. Oh shit! All right. 
<laughs> Real quick, we have only a couple more things to talk about on this uh, <laughs> on this Raw. We've got the uh, Oscar versus Alana uh, match. I, I I really don't want to get into how this was all set up. This was way too much time on Lana tonight. Um, this match got set up just because Lana mentioned it at one point. Let's just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Sound good? Sounds good. Yeah, let's not spend time on this. Uh, <laughs> Naya, Naya and Shayna, of course, come out before the match starts. Join commentary. This little tiny match. Um, I know it was only like less than a minute between Asuka and Lana before uh, Naya and Shayna got involved. But. Wow, it was not good. It looked like a fucking dance scene. I mean, a a a a, a C level movie dance scene. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not going to put on Asuka. I can't do that. We've seen Asuka have some amazing matches. So I'll just say that Lana's just not ready, dude. She's just not ready. It was all very weird because I, I know we, we promised not to harp on this, but yeah. Lana didn't even want the match. Lana just, just kind of was like, oh, shucks. Uh, I, I'm not asking for that out yet. And Asuka was just like, well, hey, uh, fucking people challenge me all the time. You want a title match? You'll get a title match, whatever. Yeah, like Oscar basically talked her into the title match, which was fucking weird. And and so then they had the little match that they did, and then it just seemed very forced to have Oscar like pick up the bottle of water and like chuck it at uh you know that she dumped the water on, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden you know there's a fight and disqualification, and then they're right her and Lana are teaming up against them. It just it, it, that 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 whole thing seemed very forced. And then like I said, you had her like kind of hit a move and then run off like you have a cowardly face i don't know how that works and i don't know how that helps get her old Nah, i i I really don't know and you just pretty much bought up all my points of the match now the only point i have in this is you see the bullying is continuing this in this match um now we all know the wwe formula for 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 people getting bullied right right smart Mm -hmm. she's going to get her comeuppance at one point she's going to get her moment to shine and she's going to get a push. I don't think it's going to last long because I just don't think she's got the ability. We'll see. I'm. I've been wrong. We. I mean, we. 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 We, we can admit when we're wrong, and I will if I am. I don't think I am here, but I, I don't think she has the wrestling ability. And then as a character, it's like like somebody brought up. I, I think it might have been uh, Brian Zane wrestling with regret, but like. She last like up until like a month ago, she had just been fucking terrible to everybody. Like she was a heel and she was being like really mean and like you know to all these people and was just like super arrogant, narcissistic, and all this shit. And then just suddenly out of nowhere, just we're supposed to like buy her as a face just because another heel is being mean to her. Like she hasn't really done anything to establish herself as a good person character wise. No. She hasn't, which is why, again, I, I don't get this whole thing, but I know what's coming. I know the push is coming. We all know it is. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Did you, Um, I can see you, but uh, she talked about, they, they, they did a chronicle on her, and I did not watch the nah, chronicle watch on her, but there was an excerpt of basically just her talking about how she's had to deal with people online and how they've treated her well uh, 
Uh, you can grab it if you want to. We can play it later. Sure. If you can find it, that's fine. That's not a problem. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, I, I get that. And I'm sure people have really been shitty to her because let's face it, social media is a toxic hellhole. Um, <laughs> I am actively trying to comment less and less on things. And it's just, it's, it, it's just so toxic right now. It, and it's even worse right now. I'll tell you the truth. It's worse. It's worse. I, I just don't even want to fucking deal with it. Um, honestly, I mean, I, I, yeah, I've got uh, let me get my messenger loaded up on this top computer here. I don't have it loaded. Up. I, I agree with you though. Yeah. I mean, for, for everybody, like, I mean, I can only imagine like what it's like to be, at the level that somebody like that is where you have a lot of followers or friends or, you know, whatever it is on the various social media platforms, because like, just like you were saying, just you and I just like kind of random ordinary people <laughs> like the shit that we see and the shit that we put up with and here is like fucking in it of its own, you know, it's crazy enough. It's like, I personally haven't really, I only use Facebook for messenger to kind of, what we're gonna do right. i don't really even use twitter anymore like i'm basically off that train and for you know for that very reason it's just a fucking cesspool it's a fucking shithole for anybody yeah so when you're like when you have so many people reaching out to you or so many people that have access to you mm-hmm. like i can only imagine how much how shitty that's gonna be yeah i mean i i, I use facebook mainly i post on the dsd um, I mean, anyone who follows my actual David Richardson account, that's my name. If you do want to, by any chance, uh, follow my, uh, you know, go ahead and follow me. That's fine. You can friend me. I'll friend you back. I don't give a shit. Um, but I don't post much. I really just post on the dirt sheet dudes, which that's the one you should really follow. Um, facebook.com slash dirt sheet dudes. Bam. Plug that shit. Um, and Twitter uh, I mean, listen, Stephen uh, Stephen Milan shares us all the time on Twitter, and we really appreciate it. But I don't go on there much. I just don't. I really don't. I don't go on. I just, I just don't. I, I just, Facebook for me is just to scroll through and look at shit. Mainly, right. I'll comment sometimes when, uh, like I said, there's times I just can't control myself, and I've gotten better at it over the past month. Um, but it's just. It's just a cesspool of, of, of bullshit and mostly lies. Uh, listen, we can sit there and say we know the, the fact is this, the fact is that. The fact is we know what the media tells us, and that's it. That's right. the fact. We don't really know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't really know what's going on anywhere else. We just know what, we know what we're fed, and that's all. I do want to bitch a little bit, and it's not of a political nature, but we, it was uh... – it's kind of been an upsurge in COVID late, lately. Oh. And there's been a lot of kind of like where we were at the beginning, where there's been people buying toiletries in oh. bulk. And what what really upset me was I had saw it was last week that they were showing that, you know, certain stores are starting to run out of toilet paper, paper towels, that kind of thing. And they're showing all these videos of like the stores with empty shelves and I, and I saw, I just look up, and on the very top right, in like a very small font, I see the phrase file footage. So they're showing you shit from March and trying to make you believe that it's happening right now. So you, even if it isn't, you have these people that are seeing that, thinking it's going on right now, and going to all the fucking grocery stores, buying up all the toilet paper and shit. And it's just so ridiculous. Like, it's, 
irresponsible. Uh, it's just fucking appalling. That is, but I will say something. I went to Walmart uh, today. I actually had to do a pickup Ooh. right across the street. I went in there because I needed something for the house. I went in there. I'm um, sorry. <laughs> I, I was right across the street. It was the easiest thing to do, and I needed to grab something. And Believe it or not, Walmart was probably going to be the cheapest place for me to grab it. So I came in, I grabbed it, and I walked by the toilet paper aisle. It was fucking empty. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that it isn't happening. Oh, yeah. But I'm saying that you're, you're showing this, this old footage. And you're getting people to buy into it. Yeah. And it's making it worse. And that's why we're starting to see. Because, I mean, it's, it's that, that's happened here, too. There's been empty shelves for toilet paper around here. But, like, they're making it worse by exaggerating shit. Yeah. And, you know, the, the I wasn't at that time when that was all coming up. Uh, when all, you know, the, when the original, when that was all happening from March and, you know, February and March. What pissed me off is people were buying up baby wipes. I had a right. fucking, dude, I, I, I had like a fucking, a, a six month old at that point, dude. I mean, I couldn't get baby wipes for my child. So we, I, we, we say, I hate to be that guy. And I get why you're upset about that. But I started using baby wipes mm-hmm. during the pandemic, <laughs> and it's the way to go. Like, I mean, not the entire way. I, I would recommend using toilet paper first and then kind of hitting it off as a finishing touch. But <laughs> it feels nice. I'm not going to lie. I like them. They're not bad. They're really not rated to be flushed, I don't think. You might want to check if they're uh, rated for that. Um, but... I also, I've said before, I, uh, I'm i also one, if I shit, I shower. So, Right. Well, I feel like it makes you feel cleaner if you use it versus just using regular toilet paper. Oh, yeah. Wipe wall. Oh, yeah. I mean, it just feels like you just took a hose and shoved it right up there and cleaned it out sometimes. Um, but <laughs> I, but my, my apology was basically just the idea of you having to go to any store on the day before Thanksgiving because... Mm-hmm. Got to imagine it had to been a fucking madhouse. No, it actually wasn't. See, I, I went during. I went at lunchtime, so it wasn't that bad. It was the only minute I had, and I was in the truck, so I had no choice. But I needed to get this, and like I said, my wife's not home, so I had to do what I had to do. But I don't know. I I'm not a huge Walmart fan, but I'll go when I gotta go. Um, I did send you that video, by the way. Oh. Hold on, let's pull that. I've got that. Go into here. It was Reddit. I think it's only like two minutes long, two and a half maybe. It's not super long. All right, here, let's get it going here. It is loading. Uh, let me hit play. Uh, let's see. It says here Lana reveals she's going through depression, opens up about how Rusev being gone from WWE and the hate she gets has affected her. Uh, Mental health. Here we go. How hard has it been to stay positive in the last year? Okay. It's been really hard. All right, I've got the volume as high as it can go, and it's uh, not having 300 days on the road, being at home, then all of a sudden, no fans, and then, of course, like, of course like being with the person from the very beginning 
like traveling with that person, being literally 24 seven being with that person. And then that person's not there, it's really hard. And I don't even know how sometimes I keep on pushing through. For me, what was really, really hard was like, usually like going to arenas and people boo you. And then like, it's something about the energy, like you're like, oh, I'm in control of this, right? But then when all of a sudden I don't interact with any people whatsoever and I'm just at home and I post something and everyone is just so mean. It's like I couldn't handle it anymore because <laughs> that's like my only interaction with human beings is my Instagram account or Twitter. And now everyone in comments are like, you should be fired. Why are you not fired? You suck, you're this, you're that. And it's like, damn. I remember texting my parents and being like, please pray for me. My mental health is doing really bad. I'm really depressed. I go, I just, I can't take it anymore. I just, I'm so sad. Like, I don't want to do anything. Like, why even try? Why? Doesn't matter. You work hard. You do this. Like, you can't post because everyone's going to tell you to go jump off a cliff and kill yourself. And like, you're worth nothing. So it's like, well, why? All right. Yeah, that'll kind of goes back to the whole like i mean again social media is a toxic cesspool um i felt bad for her immediately as soon as she said basically that the only way she can interact with people i was like oh dear god you are setting yourself up for just the worst possible outcome yeah yeah i mean look i, I and again I, I i may not like her character i may not like what her wrestling, I may think she's not ready, but I watched her on Total Divas. She's a she's a good person. She's actually yeah. a, a down to earth, very good person. Likes to have fun, and is a little a little outspoken. So, you know, she's not. If you watch the show, she's not well liked backstage, but she's not hated backstage. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but. She seems like a really good person. And, you know, that's what you're going to get on social media, that you're going to get fucking mostly assholes. And I'm sure there's a ton of people that are out there standing up for her also, um, sure. which WWE is trying to build sympathy for her. So they're going to bring this tearjerker story to you instead of the, well, I've got, you know, these people, you know, cheering me on and this and that. So, and I could see where, you know, it could definitely cut to the bone at times um people can sure. be good god people can be so fucking cruel man and so so mean so i get it i get it <laughs> and i'm sure as soon as her husband left it was an even harder time for her because you know when she came out with rusev obviously it was a different story right people were cheering him on and i'm sure and i'm sure she still got some hate back then i'm sure she did uh, you know, oh, you, you don't belong with him. He's so much more talented than you. I'm sure that all was out there. Uh, I've never looked at her Twitter, but uh... or even like just the reports of like trying to split them up and try to be like, oh, well, you, should, you can do better than that and do better than that. Yeah, but I really feel this is a. Uh, I, I I hate to put WWE in that in that boat of trying to just gain sympathy by doing a piece like this, but. I'm not going to put it past them. 
yeah, I could see that. I could see how it could be kind of exploitive. Like, mm. I sincerely believe it this way because, like, we've heard the promos. We know that she's not that good of an actress to pull this shit off. So, like, I believe she's being entirely sincere with, like, what she's saying about how she's feeling and having to deal with social media and all that. Oh, yeah. Like, just the idea of everything that's going on right now. Like, it's very, very easy to feel isolated at a time like this. Oh, yeah. And it's like everybody is trying to just kind of do the best they can. And, like, when your outlet, your window to the world is just, like, filled with comments that are just like, you fucking suck, you stupid bitch. I fucking hate you. It's like, oof, that's going to be rough. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it is pretty rough for her. Um, but it's rough. I mean, there's there's a lot of people that get the same thing, man. I mean, I'm not I, sure. Uh, and I mean, celebrities, I'm sure, get the same thing. You know, people just fucking despise them and this and that. So, all right, let's go ahead and uh, try to get through Raw here. I didn't realize we had already been on the air for about a, a little over an hour and a half already. Um, Lashley versus Keith Lee was the second match of uh, Adam Pierce's little, uh, little, I guess, little tournament going on here. Um, and this is a match that was for the first time ever, Smart. Did you hear how many times they told us that? Quite a few. I, I, I stopped at 10. <laughs> I'm like, over 10 times they fucking told us. I know. Uh, now, I liked the match. It was like fucking two freight trains in the goddamn ring. I really did. Um, Lashley actually could barely lift Keith Lee for that little move he did into the outside corner of the ring. Um, if you notice, Lashley actually took a chunk out of his own head mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of uh, doing any damage to uh, uh, Keith Lee. Now, Smart, I've told you before, I'm not a big Lashley fan, right? Right. But I will tell you, this match here between him and Keith Lee, I fucking like this match, man. This was really fucking good. Two fucking, like I said, two big guys going in the ring. And I I always like this, man. This is the, kind of like a throwback at this point. Because most of the guys are smaller now. You know what I mean? Right. So I liked this match. I really did. Lashley couldn't even get the Hurt Locker on on Keith Lee at one point because he's just a too big of a fucking guy. Um, Now, I'm going to give you my problem with this match, Mark. Okay. MVP earlier in the night was telling fucking New Day, hey, y'all don't want to win like that, right? By DQ. Then he goes in, interferes, and makes Keith Lee win by DQ. Man, it didn't even seem didn't, like it was like Lashley was in like a lot of trouble. Right. And it was yeah. like, well, you just literally contradicted your statement from oh dick. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. <sighs> anyway, what did you think of this right here? Go ahead, man. <laughs> I, I mean that was it was that was the only thing that was like kind of negative about it was it just seemed like the whole idea of MVP getting involved and sacrificing himself or whatever kind of came out of nowhere other than that like like you said it, it did feel a little bit like kind of like a throwback of just two big guys just, like fucking beating the shit out of each other and like I, and i feel like it was it was really good but i really liked about it was that neither one of them came away looking any worse for what the wear 
like they still both looked very credible. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes you occasionally get to a position where you kind of book yourself into a corner with that, where it's like you can't have both of them come away looking good. But I feel like they both did with this one. Yeah. And I feel like that that, that was the case with all three of the matches tonight or the, the qualifying matches. It felt like the right three, which is a rarity, I think, when they do things like this. So I was impressed by that, too. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm I, I, I like I said, I the more you say that both guys came out looking strong, I can see that's why they wanted uh, MVP to interfere in this match, probably to make them both still look strong. Um, But man, I, every time Keith Lee is in there with these big fucking guys, man, I really, I'm really enjoying it. I like, I I don't know. And again, Keith Lee, uh, again, not the best promo. His promo fits him. He, Man, I, I I'm not sure how to say this. He just talks like a very educated person, which kind of doesn't bode well with wrestling. He's like to me, kind of smug, but he's not arrogant, which is a weird position to be in. All right, it's kind of like when like when you know like when The Rock ended up becoming face, but he was still doing like The Rock type things. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like he still very much believed that he was better than you, but like he was a good guy at the same time. Like yeah. I feel like that's kind of Keith Lee Keith Lee's thing is like he's very much very very confident, but like he's also trying to kind of be a little bit of like a modest face. So it's a little bit of a clash. Yeah, I mean the rock would call you gay but make it great. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which and you know, back then that was good comedy. Um, yeah, just good clean fun. A yeah, bit of homophobia. Good clean fun back then. Um, now it's yeah. Now you're just afraid of gay people. Uh, but anyway, um, last match here, Orton, AJ. I, I gotta say, man. Like I said, I watched this in AEW today and by the end of this show by the time this match came on I was just not interested and ready for this match to end I really got to be honest which wasn't that long of a match like they started I feel like they started at like 10 minutes left in the show it wasn't that long of a match you're right I just I just wasn't wasn't into it that much I mean the fiend caused a distraction Styles gets the win that's uh that's my notes on the match, dude. I, I don't know if I there was anything. About it. I mean, did I but, miss? Did I miss anything stand out? Not really, and then that's the thing that, that was kind of the bummer of it was like all show long they were talking about this is a pay per view quality main event, like no. that was WrestleMania. I think they were saying WrestleMania quality match, oh. and then like they keep building it up all all show long, all show long, all show long about how this is going to be this great match that you're getting. They're basically giving away, and, like they wrestled a little bit, and then there was shenanigans and fuckery, and then it was over. And it was just like, nah, all right, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of it. I um, that's raw. <laughs> I, got, I don't know what else to say, man. That's I, mean, raw. I thought it was a solid show. Like I, it helps that I watched it Monday or Tuesday. I think yeah, I watched it Tuesday. It, it's better when you don't like try to shoehorn them in sometimes you have to no like i said i kind of i was sick monday so i i I told you off air that i was sick monday 
so I had to kind of adjust my schedule. I usually watch Raw on Tuesdays, but I ended up watching Survivor Series on Tuesday. And then I was going to watch Raw last night. And I'm like, after Survivor Series, I, I just can't do it. Right. I just can't do it. I just couldn't. I ended up watching. I, I actually, I, I, I restarted NYPD Blue. Uh, <laughs> but of course, season one, baby, I'm back on it. Uh, <laughs> so I ended up restarting. Listen, while Hulu has that show, I'm taking advantage of it. Oh, please, please um, take advantage of it because I am. I got fucking so happy that Netflix was having that Netflix decided that they were going to start streaming Chappelle's show. I made I watched like the first. Well, Chappelle asked them to take it off Netflix, and now it's off Netflix. Yeah, he wasn't making anything. Listen, you want the Chappelle show, smart? I got you, brother. Um, I got you. I got the DVDs somewhere around here, but it was just the convenience of it. No, nah, I mean we. I mean me and me and Anthony did a Hollywood hangout on that on that on that show. It was God. I I I'm I am. There's there's two shows that I'm happy I binge watched when I did. That's one, The Chappelle Show, and Eastbound and Down. Uh yeah, I I need to. I watched the first season; it was really good. I enjoyed it, but then yep. Off. And if you need that, I'll I'll hook you up, brother. Um, but uh, yeah, I have that too, and I binge watched that. I that is a great. Great! I can't believe I didn't watch that as a TV show, but I'm glad I didn't because I got to binge watch it. Like literally, I just had all the seasons and nailed it. Um, great show, great show right there. But Chappelle's show was also awesome to watch the same way. Right. Um, but uh, I guess on that note, um, and yeah, Chappelle did ask for that to be taken down, so it wasn't like they took it down for some anything else. He asked. He told him, "I ain't making shit off this. Take it down." Right. And I. Can't say I disagree with them, man. Look, I people make oh you greedy, you got billions and uh, shut up. The the show is named after him, don't you think? The guy that's the show's fucking named after should make something, right? I really saw people like arguing that he was wrong to do this. I don't, I don't blame him, but at the same time, I saw that and I was like, man, fuck. I wish I would have at least been able to rewatch the second season again. No, I, I get, I I get the disappointment, but it. It is streaming somewhere else. I forgot Probably. where. HBO Max, Comedy Central. There you go. It, it's a couple of other places, but convenience of it being just right. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Chappelle. Yeah, I mean, there's other ways. I, I will eventually, like I said, I have DVDs, and you know, there's again other ways to watch, but it is what it is. That my overall point was just like you said. Hulu, have an NYPD Blue, enjoy it while you can. Just anyone out there, fucking oh, yeah. watch watch it while you can, because you never fucking know. Yeah, exactly. We take it down any fucking day. Um, but all right, let's go ahead and get to AEW Dynamite. Then we'll roll into some news. I don't have a shitload of news, um, and I definitely, definitely want to play some of those Undertaker cameos. Um, and kind of just getting a little bit of that whole little cameo and undertaker thing um sure. i don't have a shitload of notes on aew uh let's go ahead and jump into it mm-hmm. first match adam page john silver um did you catch page's uh graphics mark about his phone 
lost his phone for six weeks, was too cheap to buy a new one. I'm like, yeah, I didn't see that while it was airing, but I was looking for news and I saw a picture of it and it, it made me struggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why that was up there, but uh, they had that up there. I guess he lost his phone for six weeks and was too cheap to buy a new one. Um, now, as far as John Silver, been they've been kind of putting him out there more. Um, I got a feeling he's going to be the first breakout star to come out of Dark Order. You you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I think he will. And I don't see a problem with it. Like I said in the past few weeks, I've I've I, I like his style. I like his comedy style. I think it's really it's gonna fit AEW. Right now, the main comedy guy they have is Orange Cassidy. And that's about it. Right. That's about it. I mean, I know they got the um, oh, what's that guy's name? Michael uh Nakazawa. Nakazawa. But we barely see him. So I don't know. I think John Silver could be a nice little breakout star for the Dark Order. And um, there's even articles out there that uh, he is talking about possibly uh, breaking out of the Dark Order. And, um, you know, so if you, you know, I'm not the only one obviously thinking that. But I definitely think he's going to be the uh, the star of uh, the first breakout star of Dark Order. Um, I think it's really trying to push him. Mm-hmm. I, I'm uh, this. I was kind of curious about this, about how like everybody was feeling, because apparently this is a little bit of a divisive match. Because I was watching it and I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was pretty good. But then I was seeing here in the chat, like Christopher Kane was saying that like maybe John Silver got a little bit too much offense, kind of making uh, Paige look a little bad. I don't know about that. I mean, John Silver's a maybe a shorter guy, but he's a jack dude. Right, and he's ripped, definitely. Yeah, so it makes sense for him to get some offense in, and he's a good wrestler. Damn, remember, guys, this isn't a fucking MMA fight. This isn't, you know, UFC 1. It's fucking wrestling. So, no, I don't agree with that. I I, I think he, he... Paige isn't exactly a fucking giant. This isn't exactly Hulk Hogan versus Rey Mysterio here. Right. Well, yeah, his overall character is like, it's not like he's a super dominant person. He's more like resilient and kind of tough, just kind of perseveres and ends up winning in the end. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I mean, he didn't win this match. Paige did. And then uh, Dark Order came down, tried to recruit him. Uh, Paige, you know, well, I I doubt that'll go anywhere. Um, Now, after that, Smart, Marvez was interviewing Omega. This heel turn is definitely coming to light. It looked like he was doing his best, like '80s heel, like four horsemen impression with like the way that he was dressed, the sunglasses and shit. Yes, I'm glad you picked up on that because I had the same thing. Also, doing the kind of running a catchphrase into it, like Flair used to do. The more things change, the more they say the same. You know, Ric Flair with, you know, you want to beat the man, you got to be the man. Or, you know, you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. Sorry. Um, mm-hmm. Running a little catchphrase in there like they do. I, I like that. That was kind of the mantra of the promo, if you will. But he's doing the cleaner stuff. And listen, I've never got the, I guess, privilege, you could say, of seeing heel Kenny Omega. Have you, Smart? I've seen the matches. I haven't really seen too much of the vignettes or anything like that. 
I haven't. Okay, so good. Neither one of us have seal seen ugh, seen a lot of uh, heel Omega. So uh, it'd be interesting to see where this goes. Um, I like the girls dancing out there when he comes out. Really liked the thing he did tonight with uh, with Moxley, which I guess well, let's just jump into that real quick. I love the super long fucking rambling entrance that they gave him oh, about yeah. him being an Observer Hall of Famer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I love when Justin Roberts goes from North Carolina. He, for some reason, mentioned that the NASCAR Hall of Fame is in North Carolina. Uh-huh. Unlike the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, which Kenny Omega is a member in, because Kenny Omega received the most votes for the Kenny Omega. The Hall of Fame. I was just like, gee, this is like the, and I, it's very much on purpose. But I was just like, this is such great, just douchebag. It, it the most fucking long, convoluted, rambling entrance. It was, it was, it was really good shit, and I really fucking, I, I, I actually liked it. I thought it was hilarious. But uh, I, and this was the contract signing take two uh, that they did. Um, and I like how they had Moxley attack Omega in his silhouette. Um, great promo by Moxley once again. I'm God, what a breath of fresh air from WWE's Dean Ambrose. Um, mm-hmm. Ends up after the promo, signs a contract, matches official. Um, but it just made sense to talk about that instead of going back to Kenny Omega since we were talking about Kenny Omega. Right. Um, obviously, Moxley attacked him. He said, I don't know who you hired to attack me, so think we're going to have someone come out with Omega as his muscle soon. There, I, I wonder what, what the plan is, because it, like I don't know if they intended this to be the case, but there's definitely like a mystery component to it, mm-hmm. where like it seems like a lot of people are trying to guess who it is that ended up attacking him. I was seeing like there's any number of theories on that, like the idea that they might end up using that as an opportunity to bring somebody else out, like bring a you know bring out a new signing. It seems like it's very much out of the realm of possibility, but I, there's a little bit of a rumor that it's uh, Kenta from New Japan, mm. aka Hideo Itami in NXT. Mm. But that doesn't because he has the uh, Boxley's the U.S. champion in New Japan, and he Kenta is the number one contender for that. So it like sort of makes sense, but then you're sort of relying on a lot of variables that their relationship is, you know, solid. Well, we don't know what that is yet. So there's a, there's a lot of things up in the air about that. Well, even without the relationship, you're also looking at travel restrictions. So that is true. But he he does uh, he does some of the U.S. New Japan stuff because they have their u.s show and he competes on that so i don't really know what his whole travel thing is he seems like he just kind of floats all over the place no um, look his visa might have been good for a a longer time and he might still be here i don't know i really don't know but um we will see we will see what happens with that and i would prefer they it, it wouldn't hurt if they did give somebody new and give us another signing um on this one um I guess speaking of newer signings, we'll go back to where uh, we were. Uh, we get Powerhouse Hobbs. No mm-hmm. longer kind of Will Hobbs. Still, he has willpower all over his uh, his uh, gear. Um, comes out dressed like Taz. That's right. <laughs> Just like Taz. Um, and it was Powerhouse Hobbs versus Lee Johnson. Man, I'll, I'll, I'll... Hobbs is a 
is a kind of an anomaly. He's built like a short, stocky guy, but he's not short. <laughs> That's a good point. It, he is, he's built like this dude that you would look at and be like, wow, you know, he's just a short, stocky, but he's not a short guy. Yeah. Um, he definitely needs some more work, but I see a future for this guy, definitely, in wrestling, 100%. But definitely need, still needs some work. You even saw with this match tonight, he had a hard time even lifting that little guy at one point. Right. So... Still needs work, but uh, what did you think of this whole Taz thing where he comes down after the match? Talk about uh, AEW not acknowledging the FTW title and gets his mic cut off once, gets another mic cut off, and then Cody comes down with his own dick in his mouth, basically. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. That that was not in my notes. I'm sorry. That just kind of came to me right there. I feel uh, like you could just copy and paste that into your notes. I, I, I should. I should, actually. Because that's really what happened. That, 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 that Honestly, that's kind of what happened. Cody came down with Cody's own, with, with, with Cody dick in his mouth and was sucking his own dick. Honestly, dude. Mm-hmm. And yes, uh, Sasha Baron Corbin, I agree. Cody will end up taking that belt. Somehow, some way, that that title will be on the line next week at what is it? Winter is coming, which is a uh, what's that show? Game of Thrones reference, I believe. Correct. Yeah, I've never seen one episode. I apologize. Um, but this and and uh, the only part of this, Mark, that I enjoyed was Cody finally going. You know. Why does your son train with me instead of you? Well, we all know Taz is hurt, so that's why. And when Taz put the mic down, it actually this had a real feel to it, and I like he did a great job of making it feel real. Yes, and that I liked, and uh, and then we got a Taz mission, but which I am genuinely surprised that Cody sold. Like I'm genuinely surprised that he didn't break free from it and just like start beating up Taz. I agree. I agree. But uh, go ahead. Let me know how you feel. Like I said, I feel Cody came down with his own cock in his mouth. Uh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, and I mean, mainly, I, I don't really have too much to say about Cody. We've been there a billion times. But like we were talking about, just the the whole. Taz's ability to make that actually feel genuine when you like you said like he puts the mic down he's just like you just hear him like basically on Cody's mic just like you son of a bitch you took this too far you fuck up now you know like that mm-hmm. kind of thing and it's just like it like it kind of jolted me awake a little bit because I was just kind of was like yeah you know the last match wasn't all that great but then that interaction was like Oof, all right and then I, I I didn't see the I didn't even I didn't see the Taz mission coming at all like I didn't think that he would take it to that level. So it was cool that it happened, and it was also cool that Cody went for it and didn't, like I said, didn't just immediately start beating his ass. Oh, I definitely, so, I definitely saw the Taz mission coming after after he went. You're pathetic. You went way too far. <laughs> I, 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 I saw it coming, and it it was it was good to see. I'm not gonna lie, I, I did like it, and yeah, thank God Cody sold it and didn't just break out of it and start beating the shit out of him, but. Again, you know, Cody being this dude, he's he's everything he he makes fun of. He's everything he mocks. That's Cody sort of the is. Crux of their feud, though. 
between him and Taz is like Taz is the one that was surprisingly calling him out for having these fucking overly elaborate entrances mm-hmm. and like basically being up his own ass. Like he was saying that on commentary. Right. You're right. That and he knows who the real Cody is and like stuff like that. And he's right. And he's right. So I don't know. I, I just, I, I really feel that it's just to, to just be like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm so against this and I'm against that. And then you just literally do everything you say you're against. We see this, Cody. No one's blind. Right. But anyway, let's move on a little bit. We get Eddie Kingston backstage with Marvez. Kingston talking about last week when Pentagon turned on him. Um, this was a little weird with Moxley interrupting, not saying a word. Kingston basically says, look, man, you got your own shit to handle. And that was it. Right. I think they, they well they kind of just put the bed like kind of maybe the most obvious theory that it was going to be Kingston that attacked him. Right. And you just have Kingston be like, you know, it wasn't me. You know how I operate. Yeah. He said, yeah. Moxley's like, hey, you got a point, I guess. Well, he said you saw who it was. I didn't. So yeah, yeah, well, yeah, whatever. Um, now, I mean, we can move on from that. Uh, top flight versus uh, Jack Evans and Angelico or TH2 or the Hybrid 2. It figures these two guys would have very confusing names. Um, <laughs> Top Flight has signed with AEW. Um, I'm good to see that. I don't know a lot about these guys, but I'm really happy we're going to see a lot more of them. We figured last week after they, uh, they were attacked um, by... Uh, Jesus Christ, who was it? Um they were attacked by the hybrid too. Oh, you're right. You're right. This is who attacked them. Um, my God, I need another shot. I got one poured. Look at that. Um, they. So I'll do that in a second. But uh, really good. Good to see these guys. I again, I don't know a lot about them, but uh, this wasn't a bad match. I mean, I, I like Angelico. I like Jack Evans. But Angelico is not showing a quarter of what he did in Lucha Underground. I was curious to see where you're going to end up on that because I I remember the last match that he had on Dynamite. You were basically saying like, "What the fuck happened?" Like basically, you were saying it felt like he phoned it in. I feel like he still is. So not much has changed. Yeah, I still feel like he kind of is. Um, uh, uh, of course, after they uh, the uh, after TH two, I guess we can call him wins. Um, they won't stop beating uh, beating down top flight. The Young Bucks, of course. Can, can you explain why the Young Bucks are the only tag team to come down and save tag teams? Every you week. Know, I, didn't really, I never really thought about that, but you got a point. Every week, the Young Bucks come out and are like the fucking... It's like they have fucking capes on. Every fucking week, they're out there to make the save. So, of course, the Young Bucks come out to make the saves. I know they're the champs. They don't have to always be the ones to make the save. They don't have to. I'm sorry, Antox. They just don't. The Young Bucks don't always have to be the fucking heroes coming down with their red capes flapping behind them. Or whatever color they want to use for AEW. Gold, maybe. Mm -hmm. They don't. They don't have to be, as far as I'm concerned. Um, But anyway. I think with this one, what makes sense about this specifically is I think that there's sort of a like uh mentor relationship with them 
because they were like the ones that signed them because they sent the fucking highlight video to one of the Jacksons and he watched it and they got a contract, which they were putting over on commentary. They were talking about that. Yeah. Even like an insider thing. And then they had that match last week where they basically like theoretically won their respect. So now they're like taking them under their wing. Yeah, top flight of real brothers, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, blah, blah, yada, yada, whatever. I don't give a shit. Um, Fair let's see where it goes, and uh, let's move the fuck on here. Sounds uh, good. Let's see. Uh, Daniels and Kazarian for SCU come out. Jericho and Hager come out with all of Inner Circle, and that's the match right there. Daniels and Kazarian versus uh, Jericho and Hager. Crowd, of course, singing Jericho's music. I still love that. I'm not going to fucking like it. Now, on a, on a completely separate topic, by the way, I just thought of this. What's going on with this new pretty Peter Avalon? And what the fuck is he sitting on? I don't know. Did you notice this, too? Please tell me you noticed this. I, I, I noticed that he was acting weird. Okay. I, the last I had heard of him, like him and uh, Brandon Cutler had a tag team because they were both never won matches so they decided to band together and try to win a match with each other's help uh-huh. and then like they ended up that didn't end up working and they ended up feuding and now i guess they're all like and that was the last i had kind of heard from him i don't know what his new thing is hmm. okay all right i know it's pretty peter avalon so i don't know what's going on with that um he is that on the indies so i guess it's kind of returned to form all right, so uh, pretty people, Peter. Al- How about a shot for his shitty gimmick? <laughs> Cheers! Cheers! I'll do one more shot here. I got one left after this, which is a shit. I might, I might have been in the minority on this one, but I actually kind of like the whole librarian stick. I wasn't crazy about it, um, and I don't know why a librarian would wear a robe. Um, <laughs> Fair point. And I'll leave it at that. Now uh we start out with Jericho and Daniels in the ring. Um a combined a, a I'm sorry, a combined aged age of one hundred. Both are fifty years old. And they can both still fucking go in the goddamn ring. Mm-hmm. Um Hager and Jericho did pick up the win in this match. Uh after the match, MJ Heff is laughing at Daniels. And Kazarian sucker punched the shit out of him, dude. Damn. He, I think he might have actually got him. I think that's what I think. I think that. I think that. I think that, I think that later promo from uh, those guys might have been might not have been so much bullshit. Um, Inner Circle did swarm him. Uh, swarm him, and uh, Scorpio did come out with a chair to clear the ring. Um, but I'll tell you, man. It for 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 Jericho and Daniels both being fifty years old, man, they can still fucking go. Look, I know Kazarian's not exactly young either. Um, I'm actually not a Kazarian hater. I actually like Kazarian. I actually think he's decent in the ring. I think he's actually good in the ring. Right. Um, I know a lot of people don't like him. I do, but uh, I don't know, man. These guys just went out there and fucking killed it. As far as I'm concerned, though, in this match. Um, but, uh, like I said, I, cause Harry punched shit out of MJF, man. And I like that. I like how it kind of speaks. It makes MJF, I feel like it makes MJF look like an even better heel. Cause like, if you think of Darian kind of knows what the risk, Darian knows what's going to happen. Should he do anything? Mm. 
and he just made it look like he just he disliked him so much that he was willing to take like this five on one beating or however many the number was just so yeah. he could punch MJF in the face. Yeah. 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 It was uh it was pretty cool though. It, it was a, a good little segment. And once again, man, Jericho just the and I I've got an article coming up. You know what? Let me jump into it right now. What the hell was that? Oh, that was my, my messenger popped up. Um Jericho actually talks uh he was on Conan's podcast the uh, keeping at 100 podcast and actually talked about um kind of he was asked by Conan who wrote the show for AEW um and he said we don't have writers and we are very proud of that fact i book all my stuff that shows um now he said i think QT Marshall takes all of the ideas for the week and then he formats the show. That I didn't know. No, me neither. Me neither. So that's something we learned. Uh, it's also about the opening quarter, the crossover quarter, and the final quarter. Tony decides where he wants that, and then QT shapes up the rest of the show. Tony then goes through it. It's a weekly collaborative procedure process for sure. So it's good to hear they don't have writers. Um but I also see, like I said, when you see Jericho's segments, you literally see the fingerprints of Jericho on those segments throughout the years of we've that we've seen Jericho. Right. You see those fingerprints. And I like that. And it shows, and I think maybe, I don't know if that's this, this is the only reason, but that might be why people are enjoying AEW a little more, why they're killing in the ratings a little more. Because they're a little more off the cuff. They're a little better. I mean, Jesus Christ, they said shit three times tonight. They sure did. Three times, Smark, we got the shit word. Um, But, again, I had no T, no, uh, no T, no clue QT Marshall was so involved in the, uh, in backstage. I knew he was part of backstage. I didn't know what he did. But, uh, looks like he's a big part of putting these shows together and structuring the shows and then Tony from what he's saying go in and decides which match goes where and then it looks like QT Marshall goes back after that and puts where the promos are going to go in and everything like that yeah. so and I I know Sasha Baron Corbin QT Marshall has horrible hair plugs that's <laughs> That's neither here nor there. It looks like he's a giant part of this show, and I guess that's why he's getting the little push that he is, which is fine. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, again, he he was asked a few more questions on that. Let me see what else we got here. Um, some changes he would like to see in AEW. He said, everything isn't always good, Jericho said. We have a lot of details that sometimes slip through the cracks. We still have quite a few times when very similar angles happen um, one after another. An example of that was a few weeks ago when the big question was if MJF would join the inner circle. I think there was a town hall with Bischoff asking questions. As soon as we were done, we went to a package where Taz was asking if Hobbs would join Team Taz. In the production production meeting, I said, guys, how can that even be? It's the exact same thing, and they didn't even notice that, I said. Maybe we should use that package somewhere else in the future. Let's not use the word join for Will and Taz. Let's say, are you coming with us? 
Are you going yes. to work with us? Are you going to be a part of our team? So I get what he's saying there. And you know what? I'm glad to see Jericho sees problems, can identify them, and that says they're going to try to work them out in the future. This very much confirms a theory that I had in my mind last week when I was watching that Inner Circle in Vegas segment. Because mm-hmm. they had the Inner Circle in Vegas segment, and then they sort of like brought up a little bit how there was supposed to be uh, the Kip Sabian bachelor party right. stuff. And then that just never happened. And then the, like the, the the excuse that Miro was given on air was that it takes time to plan this out. And he, he needs, needs a little bit more time to make it even better. And that they were going to probably do something in Vegas. And then they just ended up not doing it because Inner Circle takes precedence. Mm. And it seems like that very much confirmed my theory that they both kind of had a similar idea. And they ended up just like letting Inner Circle do it because that's better suits everything. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, And, you know, on the heels of that, I'm going to go ahead and bring up the second Chris uh, Jericho article that I have, Smart. Might as well keep going with the Jericho news. And talking about writers. Jericho, on his latest episode of Talk is Jericho, kind of talks about why Vince brought in all the writers. Um, And basically, first of all, he talks about, I'm going to give you the first thing here. First, he says how his WWE debut was not scripted, and WWE at that time was not overly produced. He said, it's funny, because I got to WWE, my famous first promo with The Rock. We all remember that. That was amazing. When I interrupted him, there were no writers at that point. That was late 1999, and no rehearsals either. Rock and I and and Vince Russo, not Vince McMahon— Went over uh, the script and the went over in the back, but there was no going through it. As you know, a few years later, that became the norm, which is part of my opinion of one of the issues. There is everything that uh, there is everything so overly scripted and overly processed. Um, now, this is why I brought this article up. He says the reason Vince brought in some of the writers. You ready for this, Mark? I know sure. I sent you the article. I don't know if you read it. I do. I know where this is going, and I just I can't wait till we get there. I'm amazed by this. This blows my mind. The <laughs> reason I, I wish that I could say that it could. I, I wish I could say that it blows my mind too, because it is super fucking ridiculous. It is, but it's on par with every other ridiculous theory that Vince has. Yes, it is past ridiculous, sir. Uh, according to Jericho, the reason. And I'm. Uh, this is a quote from Jericho. The reason why writers became a thing when we started SmackDown, which was right after I got there, August 1999, Vince made it his motto that SmackDown was going to be bigger than Friends. Yes, the sitcom Friends. We're going to beat Friends on Thursday. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Like you just said, this is my <clears throat> So WCW is very much still a thing. Yeah, so hold on. Let me, uh, <clears throat> no one here. We're going to be friends on Thursday. And his <laughs> reasoning and idea and strategy was, well, friends has writers, then we need writers too. Friends. Jesus. This Jesus. man. Often Rachel shit is in such good shit, pal. This, Joey's there it, and you never know what Joey's going to do. <laughs> this... 
This old in 1999, in the heat, basically I would call this, this was still a little Attitude Era, 1999. There was still a little, like like you said, WCW still existed at this time. There was still that, that attitude going on. And this man thought that Friends was their problem. <laughs> the fucking 30-minute, 30 30-minute 30 sitcom friends it wasn't an hour it wasn't two hours it didn't it barely interfered it was 30 minutes of your fucking show and you literally ruined years and years and the future of your show to challenge a sitcom a 30 minute sitcom Holy shit, I, I just thought about it. I just had a revelation. Like, people blame David Arquette for ruining WCW. You can blame Courtney Cox for ruining WWF. I I, I guess so, but I'll tell but you that, what. That, that union brought down the pro wrestling business. Yeah, I, I guess so. Ah, union, I like that. Uh, it kind of goes into the whole thing going on lately. But it, it this really just amazes me. That that is what they were trying to beat. Friends. Friends. And I don't see any reason for Jericho to lie here. I, I think the, the truly amazing thing for me is that, like, I saw this. And like I said, knowing what I know about Vince and hearing all his fucking crazy ideas. Like, I, I didn't even bat an eye. I was like, of course. I, of I, course. I, I wish I could say that this is like super, like, this caught me off guard. But it just seems to me crazy shit that he believes. Yeah, you know, and I mean, everyone, you know, puts, you know, a lot of things on everything that ruined WWE. But I guess we can blame Friends. I just like the idea of him just watching an episode of Friends and being like, this is the fucking pinnacle of television. Oh, just Vince sitting there laughing. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, that Tom Selleck's great. Oh, Monica's boyfriend, Tom Selleck. Ha, ha, ha. Can we get Tom Selleck on here? All right. Kind of surprised they never had Tom Selleck on there. Oh, dude. I love Tom Selleck. I ain't gonna lie. He seems very much like a type of person that Vince would like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they had fucking Chuck Norris. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very true. Very true. Um, all right. Let's finish up uh, Dynamite. I, I Again, I wanted to tie that news in since we were talking about Jericho and writers and all that stuff. It just kind of all blended in. I thought it was the right thing to do. They did um, have Burt Reynolds. I feel like they had Burt Reynolds. Did they did? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they did. I mean, he was close. He he he. he I, feel like, I feel like he was at like a WrestleMania or something. But, but I mean, Burt Reynolds was kind of like the you know, like the kind of the, the dollar store. Tom Shelley. Um Don't get me wrong. I like Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds. Fucking Cannonball Run, baby. But uh. They both had the mustache. It was the battle of the mustaches back then, dude. That's right. That's what it was. Um, what did you think of this whole, uh, again, back to Dynamite? Sorry, we're jumping around, but uh, hey, that's how we do shit here. Uh, Miro and Kip did this little video game extravaganza, which ended up turning out to be just a uh, brawl in the uh, in the backstage. Oh, not backstage, in the, par- in the parking garage with uh, best friends and... Uh, Miro and Kip. Um, 
What'd you think of this whole thing? I, I gotta be honest. Like, I thought this was fucking stupid. And I, and I don't mean that in a good way. I'm not talking about, like, how I said before, where it was stupid, but it was funny. Mm. Like, you had... You had Miro, you had Miro and Kip James, or not Kip James, it's somebody else, but he worked for them too. Kip Sabian. Billy Gunn! I'm an ass man! That would have been better, actually, uh, if you swapped them out. (laughs) So you had Miro and Kip Sabian. And I guess the idea is that they have the new Xbox, Hmm. and they're going to play the new Xbox. So, but then you have Orange Cassidy come out, or he's he like managed to lurk his way into the the room or wherever the fuck they're doing. It's the trailer, and he turns off the system. That's all. Like knock it over. He doesn't throw it. He get or kick it or do anything else. To it. He just turns. It, it it's the button that mm-hmm. turns the system off. And this starts because Miro's like, "Oh, my wife bought me that." And so he chases them out of the fucking trailer. And then, of course, it's an ambush and they're fighting. And then at one point, Miro grabs the camera and I forget what he yells at the camera. Oh, he yells like, get out of my way, camera. And then he just knocks the cameraman down. And then that's like the end of the segment. And I was just like, this is this is just not good. Uh, I'll say not good. I'll say unnecessary. Um. I would rather you wait a week and do something else with these guys. It was just unnecessary. Right. Like, and I mean, I like, it, it feels like they were kind of maybe trying to, to a lesser extent, like kind of replicate a little bit of that whole like parking lot brawl that they had with uh, best friends and yeah. Santana and Ortiz. But like, it was just a very, if that was what they were going for, they did not succeed by any stretch of the imagination. No. No, not at all, man. Not at all. But uh, yeah, I just thought it was unnecessary, and I'm glad you agreed. Um, yeah, I didn't like it at all. Um, real quick, I don't have a lot on this match. Anna J versus Sheeta for the uh, women's title, AEW title. Sheeta did retain. The only thing I got out of this was um, Abaddon came out, crawls out, and during COVID, I don't know about licking a title. Um. It's risky. I think, but that, I think that was supposed to be the whole point behind it because she did that. Like she just acted like she just like set herself on fire or something. Like she just fuck. She super sold that. She's like, oh my god, I can't believe you did that. Yeah. And like, yeah, you probably shouldn't have done that. But uh, hey. meanwhile, this Abaddon character coming out bleeding and just this horror. She, the, 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 I really like this character, and I I, I hope they keep giving her. More time. I, Go ahead. I think something happened. Like, I think there's a little bit of a miscue or something. Because, like, before she got to the belt, I don't know what the plan was, obviously. But before she got to the belt, you could just see, like, she was crawling around. And you just see, like, like a spurt of, like, fake blood hit the ground. And I think it was in her mouth. And I think it just, like, kind of came out accidentally. Oh, the capsule. Yeah, like the capsule, because you just see like a pile of like a little small pile of blood, like just kind of accumulate by the entrance ramp where she's at crawling around. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. It looked like she was well, she was dripping blood out of her mouth to get the drip going on or her chin and everything. But love the character. I think they've got a real 
man, they got a real good thing with her. And, and I know she was hurt, <clears throat> so they probably gave her some time off. But I really hope they keep bringing Abaddon on. And uh, I'll tell you the truth, man. I wouldn't mind seeing her as champion for this company. I like it. Well, yeah, I think it would be a good thing. Like, she's got a character. She's got a look. She's got a distinctive feel and vibe about her. And, like, yeah, I think it would be a good move. I could. Um, WWE would wait till Halloween and then put it on her. Um, right. Let's hope they don't do that here. But, uh Again, I don't have very much on this match. It was, uh, again, Sheeta retained. Um, let's go ahead and go to the... Uh, I want to go to this little promo that Starks, Hobbs, and uh, Brian Cage were cutting backstage, which appeared to be in front of a green, stream, green screen, which was supposed to be a, like a casino lobby or something. Did this not look absolutely ridiculous to you? A little bit. Like, I, I didn't necessarily notice that it was supposed to be a green screen, but it just, it did feel, like, very sort of out of place, I guess. Like, like I could put that on, on, on Skype and show that to you. Like, 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 I could be there, too. It just didn't, <laughs> it just didn't look good to me. Right. It looked very, very odd. Um, I mean, what they were saying in the promo was fine. I just thought this looked a little. Uh, I'm not even gonna say indie, because indies wouldn't even do this. But it just looked a little low rinky, low budget. There you go, little rinky dink. I was gonna say rinky dink. Um, that's a old term. Um, I'm old, but I know again, no problem with the, with what they were saying. But bush, ish, I didn't like this. Don't use, do not use the green screen anymore. Um, let's go ahead and get to this main event real quick, though, Smart. The Butcher and the Blade versus Pack and Ray Phoenix. Kingston on commentary. Um, once again, man, I, I Smart, I, I don't know about you or if I'm in the mind. I like this Butcher character. Oh, I'm all for it. I, I like, I was saying before that I thought that they should have just separated them and had. Now, you look at the butcher. How old do you think that guy was? That's the thing. Is he could be anywhere between twenty eight to forty seven. Okay, <laughs> it's hard to pin down. Like if I had to guess, I'd say like maybe thirty six. All right, he's forty three. Um, <laughs> and and you know he and well, I mean, Blade is forty. These guys are an older tag team. Um, now it it's just meanwhile he's when when you, when you think of Blade being forty then. You know, you got the the bunny, which is his wife or girlfriend. Good for this guy. Um, yeah, he, he's he's winning. He's winning. He's winning in life, definitely. All it cost him was that hairline, but yeah, fuck the hairline. Look what he's got. Um, but anyway, I mean, Butcher just is a to me. He's a throwback character that just this is what wrestlers used to look like, mm -hmm. and. I appreciate that. I like the character. I like the look. I just like the butcher. And and the, the blade isn't bad, but I think the butcher character is just much fucking better, man. Much better. Great wrestling character. And you know, like I said, the guy's only 43. He's younger than me. Hmm. Which I mean, I'm 45 years old. He's young. He's 2 years younger than me, which you know, that 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 scares me, man. Um 
But uh, I really, I, I, I actually like this match. Uh, really, really like this match. I mean, you know, Phoenix obviously is going to put on a great match. Pack is obviously going to put on a great match. Um, but Butcher and Blade do get the win of this match with the help of Co- of uh, Kingston and uh, the Bunny. Mm-hmm. Um, all of Death Triangle is down after that. And Kingston DDTs Pack twice on the chair. Um, and Lance Archer comes out for the save and starts beating the shit out of Eddie Kingston. Now, I've got no problem with that. My problem with this is what an odd time to to throw fuel on this feud, if you will. Right. Like there's a little bit, maybe a little bit too much going on. Right. You got Eddie Kingston sitting there going through all this shit with one, you know, he, he's got his guys. He's going through some shit with them. He's got, you know, the butcher and the blade. He's got Pentagon and Phoenix. He's going through some shit with them. You got Pac trying to take over the death triangle again. And then you start this feud with Lance Archer. And it's like, I know Archer's been talking shit about him for a few weeks, but just an odd time to start this fucking feud. In my opinion, I don't see it. Again, if Jericho sees these things going on and they're having production meetings, this should be something where they go, is this too much for Kingston? Or are they trying to put a lot on Kingston's fucking back so he kind of goes a little bit crazy? I don't know. Ah, see, I, that, I thought you meant like so that it was like they're just kind of using him because they know that he's reliable and like a good promo. So he well, can like, help build feuds. Like they, I was, I think you were. I thought you were like talking about maybe are they being a little. Um, I don't like the idea of Archer being a face. Mm-hmm. If that's where they're going, like maybe he's going to be a heel too, and it's just a heel versus heel conflict. But if you're having him be a face, it just it doesn't like work for me. Especially not with like you know you got like Jake the Snake around and like his whole thing. And then, you know, like, Archer, like, basically his whole gimmick is just that he's, like, this unpredictable, like, fucking, you know, loose cannon guy that he just, like, attacks, like, you know, officials and, like, ring crew and just anybody that he wants. And it's like, oh, how do you channel this into a face character? Yeah, I, I definitely. I And he didn't come in looking like a, 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 a real baby face to me. He kind of, I mean, again... Jake the Snake isn't exactly a babyface character. Um, no. So I don't know what they're doing. And maybe it will be heel-heel, but is is Kingston really a a heel? Is he a... I mean, he's put out some really... I, I Again, this company has always said they want to blur that line. And I think Kingston's one of the guys they're blurring that line with. Possibly. Because as much as you hate him, you really like him because he's just kind of a a guy's guy. Right. He 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 talks about things we're all going through. You know, family and family problems and life problems and shit like that. It's kind of a guy's guy. Yeah, he, he's very much a contrast from like where a lot of the characters are mm-hmm. on AEW, where it seems like a lot of the like you know, we talk about like the young bucks and, you know, even Kenny Omega and stuff like that, where 
their motivation is that they want to be like the best wrestler. They want to like be number one on these top 10 lists of, you know, who's the best this, who's the best that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they want the star ratings and all this shit, like the very sort of meta thing about wanting to be a good wrestler. Whereas you have like Kingston where his motives are very clear that, you know, he wants to win matches so that he can make more money he can get in a better position so he can like afford to feed himself and his family and shit like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which is shit everyone goes through. So I'm, I'm, I'm not sure you can call that character a complete heel again. Yeah. And again, AEW was saying they will really want to blur those lines, which WWE has said they want to blur the same lines between, you know, heel and face and just got to have people out there at this point. So you know, the, the, every company is kind of starting to do that. Um, yeah. And that's pretty much AEW. I don't know if you got anything else. Did I miss anything? We miss anything? or? Uh... Hey, not really. I'm looking forward to next week. I thought it was actually going to be a pay-per-view. So, like, it was news to me when I found out that it was just going to be, like, a special show next week. Yeah, a lot of good matches set up for next week. I don't really have the card here but uh smart can pull that up if he wants because i'm still going to stick with aew real quick um and get into a little bit of news with actually ricky starks um ricky Starks said that wwe tried to sign him the same day he debuted for aew uh like literally the exact same day um he basically said after you know He's been pursuing, you know, wrestling for years. He was speaking to Chris Van Valet, and he said, the funny thing is, the day I wrestled Cody, I got a phone call from WWE saying, hey, we've been watching you, and we wanted to bring you in. I said, oh, really? Okay, interesting of all days. Uh, so, I don't know. That's very weird that they would do that, but then again, it's not. Because this is something WWE would do. Hey, we saw you on AEW. Why don't you come to us instead? Right. And I, obviously he chose AEW, which I can't blame him for, um, to be honest with you. I really can't blame him for doing that. Um, he, But he, I, I could see him eventually going to WWE, but... I think right now this is probably a good position for him to be in, especially coming right off of NWA. Um, this is probably the best place for him to go at this point. Um, but yeah, very. If he's telling the truth, which I'm, I don't think he's lying here. I could again, I could definitely see WWE doing this. What do you think of that? The exact same day. It doesn't surprise me. Like, I, I, I don't know if the, the timing of it's very kind of funny, but, like, from what I understand, based on, like, hearing one of his interviews, like, they basically, WWE was also trying to get Eddie Kingston, too. Right. And I, I think they had done that a couple of times in the past, but, like, it doesn't surprise me at all that they're, like, kind of seeing who AEW might be able to utilize and then trying to kind of take them before that they before they can. Like, that's no surprise at all. I think it was a good move for him to go with AEW because I feel like he would have, if he would have gone with NXT, probably would have been 
kind of like in a position where uh like Jake Atlas is where like sometimes you see him sometimes you don't yeah but with you know AEW they're actually going to be able to utilize him and they can actually you know benefit from his presence and he can benefit from the exposure that he's getting so i think it works out best for both people but or both parties but it doesn't surprise me at all that they would do some stuff like that cuz a lot of stuff that they do at least in terms of NXT is just trying to counter what he well, you know, they 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 still got to beat friends, smart. Um <laughs> so yes. Yes. Got to beat friends. But uh yeah. I wonder how different WWE is going to look once Vince McMahon learns about the Big Bang Theory. Ooh. Oh man, you can you can get like a Daniel Bryan like science nerd gimmick. Oh god, please don't ever let him watch a what's that show that always beats him like the the, the house the housewives of Atlanta. Oh, don't yeah. let him watch that shit, please. Oh god. Um but yeah. Um anyway, I I, I agree. I, I I Ricky Starks would be so lost in NXT. He would be just another guy with a ripped body that would just be lost in NXT. So Definitely the right choice. He's being featured on on TV here, and I think he will be more here than he definitely would be on NXT. Um, now, my last thing to talk about with AEW here is uh, after the Full Gear show, they were doing a little media scrum. Tony Khan revealed that AEW Beach Break will be this January. Last year, they did a kind of bash at the beach thing, and this week, they're still... Uh, this. This show, they're still going to do, uh, January is when this show is, they're still going to do a beach-themed event, but they're calling it Beach Break. Um, obviously, I'm sure WWE snatched up that trademark as soon as they could. Um, and uh, that's it. Beach Break, what do you think of that? interesting i guess i mean it is what it is like, yeah yeah I, I get why they can't use that anymore but it is what it is yeah i do too but uh all right we said we had a couple more little videos to play and let's get into those real quick yeah we didn't spend any time on that um but uh i've got a quick now speaking of nxt which we just mentioned which kind of a great segue into this little segment here pat mcafee on his show kind of started talking a little bit now, it looks like he was talking to Busted Open Radio here uh, because this uh, video I'm going to play is from Busted Open and Sirius XM. I don't... Is his show on Sirius XM also? I guess. I'm not sure, honestly. All right. Well, it's got the Busted Open thing. I know Busted Open is on Sirius XM. I think he was talking to them. Um, I'll be honest. I got this video. Um, it's him talking about how basically he wanted to how he had a plan to impress people when he came in. Um, go ahead and play this. Like I said, I, I wasn't, I'm not the biggest fan of this guy, but he definitely has ability. He definitely has something. And if WWE can make anything out of this guy, we know they're going to. Uh, let's go ahead and roll this thing real quick. Business. And whenever you see an outsider come in and they just kind of clunk around the ring and 
They look stupid and they're, they're, they obviously gave zero effort into either learning about what they were supposed to do, learning how they were supposed to act or anything that they were uh, associated with. I always found that incredibly disrespectful, like as a fan, I was like, you're getting an opportunity that I would love to have. Like at me personally, I would love to have the opportunity that you're being handed right now. And you're just disrespecting everything that anybody that's ever walked in those ropes, you were disrespecting in my eyes. Now I talk to a lot of wrestlers now where they're like, well, we don't take it as disrespect. We take it as our job to make them look good and all that. You know what I mean? Like, I understand the respect level of professional wrestlers working with somebody who isn't a professional and it being your duty to make them look good. But I always had a conversation with my friends. Anybody, if I ever got a chance to go in there, like, I hope I can set a new standard for what people from the outside should go in there. Right. I got a lot of respect for the people and the, that they put their bodies through inside the ropes. I very much understand that a big part of it is building up the fight and everything like that. And I know that there's somebody from the outside that's getting involved in wrestling right now. And I know he is a much bigger name and human than me, but good luck, pal. Uh, that, that's, that is literally how I feel. Uh, and I know that, a lot of people were mocking me coming in as an outsider because I wasn't a mainstream media uh, popular person. But it's been awesome to watch my people on the Internet get re into wrestling, which is what I've seen a lot of. Like, hey, haven't watched wrestling in a long, long time. Now we're back in it because you're there. And I feel like I'm I don't want to say I'm contributing to something that gave me so much for so long, but it feels good to help out the wrestling business just a little bit. But I am eager and excited to watch other people try to do what I did. Uh, and see how that goes. And I would very much like a fair assessment on those big sons of whenever they get in there and fail uh, like everybody else has in the past. All right. So first off, I think he's talking about Shaq. I would believe so, too. I believe so. Um, second, I think it's good that he has respect for what these guys have been through. He is a fan, which most fans do have that respect. Um and I really like the fact that he understands he, – he seems like he understands the fact that he's lucky to get in here. And he's not just an outsider that they brought in just to get ratings. Now, the fact that he's saying he's brought people back to wrestling is not showing in the ratings. I'm not sure I agree with that part that he said. What about you? I wonder if that was like supposed to be a little bit in character or uh, if that was just off the cuff. Yeah, like I said, it's not showing in the ratings that you're bringing in people or drawing people. Or <laughs> if it is showing you're drawing people, that's scary. Because that means WWE would be even less if you weren't there. Um, See, I feel like he's really taken to this whole wrestling business thing because he's already lying about numbers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I I I can't buy into that. Again, I I really appreciate the fact that he you know respects these guys. All, all of us do. I mean, I'm just a fan. I've never been in the fucking ring one one time, so I also you know have that same respect. Yeah, but I I I do like that he knows that he's an outsider. Um, a lot of what he said there kind of comes into the, the way he is portraying himself in WWE as trying to I, I I think he feels like he has something to prove mm-hmm. which is why he's maybe sometimes it's a problem with it that 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 comes off that he's trying too hard to be the heel to get the which is why maybe it sounds like outdated stuff 
He's trying to get that old school heel heat because it's easy. Hmm. But I don't know. I, I I definitely respect what he said, and I appreciate it at least. Um, again, I wasn't huge on him. That match he had with 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 Cole, I had to fucking like I said, man. I had I I I had to give him credit there. He put it all out there for that shit. So you know, and like I said, at least he knows he is an outsider coming in. Um, as far as him wanting to set a new bar, I like I like where he's going with that, but. Again, what he's saying is not translating to what we're seeing with data and facts and numbers and viewership. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, all right, that's all I've got on that. What, what, what do you got on that, Mark? Anything or just? I kind of wonder if, like, he if he's using the fact he knows that there was a lot of people that they had in the past that like celebrities that have worked for them that have shown up and kind of acted like they were too good to be here. I wonder if he's like using that a little bit as his heel character or his heel persona of like him trying to be the person on the microphone that's like too too good to be there and like him just being like I'm such a good athlete that like what you guys work your ass off to try to attain that like I can do effortlessly I, w- I wonder how much of that he's like trying to apply to his actual wrestling persona I don't know because I mean if you really think about it you think about some of the people that have been involved in football and then went to wrestling you're thinking of like alright Ron Killings mm-hmm. Roman even Roman Reigns you, you know you, you, you gotta throw him in there he did he played football too um, Jesus Christ, yeah. even go back to fucking like Lawrence Taylor, man. Right. Who well, there's a lot of people. I mean, Goldberg, yeah. The Rock. Yep. Like you said, uh, I think Bradshaw played football a little bit too. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a lot of people came in from that outside arena he- and still made a great career for themselves. Um, and again, him sitting there saying, oh, I'm bringing in. Bringing, I'm bringing people back to wrestling. I don't know if even in character he has any clue what he's saying there. Um, I kind of <laughs> don't mind that. Like, I, I mean, we know that it's bullshit because we see the numbers, right? But like, I, I kind of don't blame him for being like, oh, you know, we're making wrestling cool again. People are tuning in, and instead of being like, we're fucking hemorrhaging viewers. <laughs> <laughs> Come yeah. get aboard the sinking ship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I know he can't say that. I, I, I know he can't. So, but um, all right. Let's forget about Pat McAfee. Let's fucking get to the last part I want to do with this show, which is Undertaker cameos. All right. There's a ton of these out there right now. Now, I heard a lot of people with the whole "this is a slap in the face" to all the people. You know, it was Alina Vega and Paige. Stop right now. Watch these videos. He is in the, it looks like to me, the, the performance center probably doing these videos. He, I guarantee WWE is getting a chunk of this money. He's doing 30 of these for $1,000, which we talked about Friday. Um, this, this, this is what WWE wants. They want their peace. They want to be able to control what they say, what they do. Guarantee you have writers writing these for him, and this is this 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 is not 
a slap in the face. This is what they're wanting. They want to you to do these cameos in their studio. They want to get the money for them and give you a piece. This is what they want to do. By the by, you said that they have writers, and that very well might be the case, but also, like, the whole nature of Cameo is, like, you put in the request, and then you sort of tell them what it is that you want. So, like, they're guiding they're guiding them already anyway. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure they hand that over to the, I'm sure they hand that over to the writers and the writers write something for them. Let's see. Let's play. I'll play three or four of these real quick. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and get to this first one. I want to make sure I got volume here. Volume I have. It's turned up all the way. Let me drop that down just in case. Let's go from the first one here. This is to a gentleman on Twitter named Boss Moz, M-O-Z. Let's go ahead here. Come on, Taker. It's The Undertaker. And your mom reached out to me. She told me you started a new school this year. In fact, she also said that you were quite the baseball player. It's The Undertaker. Sorry. And your mom reached out to me. She told me you started a new school this year. In fact, she also said that you were quite the baseball player. Okay, that was it. I don't know if it was more, but that was 14 seconds. A thousand dollars. Well, there's more because this is the same guy. Here we go. I just wanted to reach out and tell you it's going to be okay. You just keep waking up every morning and putting one foot in front of the other. And it's all going to work out eventually. You can do this. I have faith in you. And I just... The Undertaker is telling people to wake up? <laughs> I also like how it, it seemed like it was going to be like this like old school style burn. Because it, it made me laugh the, the first half of the video that your mom reached out to me. Yeah. Now, this is all one person, by the way. So <laughs> I'm just going to play awesome. them all. I'll play them all. Let me go ahead and get back up here um, to the first. That was the second one I just played, correct? Yeah. Okay, that's the second. This is the third. Let's go to the third. Um, Here we go. It's The Undertaker. And all the votes have been cast, and they've all been tallied. And it looks like you, Robbie, are the greatest Undertaker fan of the last 30 years. With you and your collectibles, you've become the number one fan of The Undertaker. The number one fan. The number one creature of the night. Robbie, you are the man. Dude, I think these are like 30 seconds. Because I think this guy, from what I'm seeing here, this guy got a collection of the Undertaker cameos. Robbie, you and your collectible belts. I think the Undertaker's not the only one that's digging some holes. If you get what I'm saying, <laughs> you're making the pussy rest. Oh please. yeah. And then and then this the same guy again. Th- this guy did get a hold of a bunch of these. Uh, it says somebody in this world paid a thousand dollars for the Undertaker to thank the McMahons on cameo. Here we go. Come on, eight seconds. I got your note. And before I thank the McMahons, I want to thank you for being such a fan. <laughs> I guess you're getting pieces of these things. Oh, this is okay. Wait, here we go. Another one. 
Nine seconds. Thank you. Thank you for being such a great husband. Thank you for being such a wonderful father. Thank you. Oh, my God. Dude, these are getting worse. Uh, you should at least do the first half of this when it's safe to do so. Ooh. 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 Okay, let's play it. You should give your mom a big hug and tell her it's from The Undertaker. <laughs> you should give your mom... <laughs> Wait. What? These are... These... Huh? <sighs> <laughs> you should always clean up your toys. Now, now I, I, I just want to... Now, he's in full Taker gear here. He's of got course. a... He's got a purple purple drape behind him, and he's got the neck tattoo like blurred, <laughs> but it's still there. Oh God! All right, the, this uh, caption says AJ may have gotten their thousand dollars worth here. Here we go. Ooh, nineteen seconds. And AJ, you fine, real fine. Oh shit, Darrell. Anybody who doesn't like it can rest in peace. Oh, in your fucking face, Darrell. Poor Taker. Oh, another pep talk. Uh, the guy says, but this one takes some terrifying twists and turns. Let's see here. We got uh, 15 you seconds. You take day by day, step by step, and each day things are going to get much better. And one day your heart surgery will be a distant memory. But I won't, because I'll be haunting your dreams. You t- Dude. I hope you survive your heart surgery, because I'm coming to kill you. Oh, my God. Um, all right, we got two more. Two more here. Uh, this one says some guy paid for The Undertaker to do an ad for his horror novel, but he didn't pay me, so I ain't saying the title. This bit is funny, though. <laughs> here we go. And if people don't go out and buy that book, they may come face to face with horror. Horror of the Undertaker. Buy the book. Oh, these are great. I'm so glad we played these. Hold on, we got one more left here. And this one just says, laughing my ass off, LMAO. Hashtag thank you, Taker. Here we go. 24 seconds. All elite Scooby-Doo, that's how I'm going to address you. Well, all elite Scooby-Doo, congratulations on getting married. You did the right thing. Okay, so that's the last one. Um, Now, these were pieces. I don't know how long these are. They're probably, I would say, one to two minutes. Yeah, at the most, I've, I've heard a full one in an answer is around that. So, wow. These are... <laughs> they're doing 30 of these, so $30,000. And, wow. Like I said, this is what WWE wants. They want to have you in studio doing these. They want to control what you say. And they want to control what you do. And they want to control your character the whole way. So... Anyone who's saying this is a slap in the face to Zelina Vega and Paige, no. No. This is completely different. Completely 
different. And if you watch these and if you just listen, watch them. Trust me. Um, you will definitely, definitely see that this is way different than what they're doing. So, wow. Smart. What do you got on that? I'm just amazed by the amount of people who have that kind of disposable income. I listen, if I had a thousand dollars, I'd be paying bills with it. Um, Look, I'll, I'll put it out here right now. Like, he charged $1,000 for that. If you want, like, a real bad fake Undertaker impression, $20. I'll do it. Uh, listen, for $500, i will do a horrible Vince impression for you. I thought you were going to be like, for $15, i will do it. I'm like, God damn it again. No, I'm not going to undercut you. I wouldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> I'll overprice you, though. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, see, people are paying five hundred. I'll do Vince for him. Mm-hmm. I'll give him Vince. I'll I'll, I'll do Rocky. I'll do uh, short. Uh, anyone, anyone. I'll I'll do all of them. I'll do them all. There you go. Shit. But uh, there actually right. is a YouTube video that I saw of people. There's a website called Fiverr, and like mm-hmm. you know, it's basically like kind of a Craigslist type situation where people offer services for about five bucks. And there's people on there that are basically like macho man impersonators and they'll do like, they'll read a full fucking script. Like I have birthday message or whatever. Really? Macho man voice and in macho man gear Ooh. for like five bucks. Ooh, so all you gotta do is do a little macho man. Mm, yeah. I think I can do that too. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. People will pay for it. I mean, you might not make a shitload of money, but every bit helps. I actually, uh, I've heard of Fiverr. Yeah. I, I have heard of Fiverr. I, I, I think I might I might have joined it once. Um, I should look. I should look because uh, I think I did it when we when I first started the THT. And, um, well, when me and Shaheen first started it. And I think I joined it back then. But uh, oh. I don't know. I'll see. I should. Well, Maybe I should. Shit, if I can get paid for fucking sitting there doing voices, my God, would I love that shit. Uh, my God, if I can get paid for doing this, I would love this. Right? Uh, I'd do this every day if I got paid for it. <laughs> Not for three fucking hours. Jesus Christ, you guys would get an hour max. Uh, <laughs> you get 20 minutes. Make it work, fuckers. Nah, I'd give you a full hour. <laughs> Maybe an hour and 10. That's <laughs> what the Observer does. They're on from like 3.05 to 4 p.m. Ooh. There you go. We can go on at 6.05 p.m. How about that? Yeah. All right. So, on that note, we will finish this show off right here. I am going to go ahead and pour up my last shot for the end of the show. Hopefully, there's not another one in there. Oh, yeah. Exactly one more in here. Five shots for the night. Nice. Not bad at all. In the meantime, I need to find our music that we end this show to. That's kind of why I'm killing some time. I'm not sure. There it is. All right, finally. Um, Jesus, got to stop letting the kids use this fucking computer. <laughs> Damn millennials. They move shit everywhere. And I'm like, how did you even do that? <laughs> not really <laughs> sure. Do it on purpose. Like, that, that, it doesn't even have to do with anything that they want to do. They just do whatever they want to do on the computer, and then, like, right when they're about to get off, they just, like, move shit around. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they don't even know how they're doing it, but, uh... All right. Real quick, let's go ahead and get some music going here. 
and uh, we will go ahead and knock out these plugs one more time as I do a shot. Hi, Marks, Cheese Man, Mojo, and G Wiz want to check those guys out right there. You can check them out at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Sundays on the Metal Mitt Network right here on Mixler.com slash Metal Mitt, two T's and Mitt Network. Definitely want to check those guys out. And, of course, Bobby Anthem, Bobby Blades, The Inhuman Experience. Check them out on all the usual podcast platforms. You, once again, will not be disappointed, I promise you. Uh, it is definitely more than just that one show. And, of course, the Uncrypted Wrestling Podcast. They are on Blog Talk Radio. Find them over there and on all the usual podcast platforms. And Stephen Milan, once again, thank you for sharing the show everywhere you do. Find him on Letterboxd, B-O-X-D.com, slash Stephen Milan, two L's in Milan. And you can follow us on Spreaker, Stitcher, iHeart, Spotify, Google, TuneIn, Player FM, anywhere you find podcasts, you can find us. Go ahead, Smoke. All right. Well, since it's past our time zones, go ahead and wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Be safe. Have fun. Enjoy yourselves. Cheese on Sports Mondays, eight thirty. Metal Mitt Podcast Network is where you want to go, and but don't stop there. You also want to visit our friends at Planet Raccoon Tour, the Planet Raccoon Tour podcast with Bobby Anthem. Papa Dave Sincere and Yuck Nasty 15 episodes, standalone stories, interviews with authors, anything that you want they have it so check them out alright there you go and as Smart said happy Thanksgiving to everybody be safe uh, once again we will not be here Friday give you all some time to enjoy the holiday really no reason to come on back I mean what are we going to do talk about fucking NXT and Smackdown on Friday Enjoy the holiday. We will see you guys Wednesday. Be safe, as Smart said. Have a great time. And uh, happy Thanksgiving. See y'all next week. See ya. Adios. Sit a spell. Drink some more. Time for the band to hit the door. We're going home. It's time to 